and welcome back to the final installment of the Protein Ramblings what Protein Ramblings Watch Visionaries sad the quadrilogy. It, yeah, it's so sad that it was so short and it so really over. Is, yeah. This is by far a cartoon that deserved more. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Killed yeah. before its time due to poor toy sales, yeah. which we can only blame on 80s parents. So mm. not a bad episode you guys. in in 13 as well. No, so no, no. I mean, it's a really fun episode. Definitely, all of them have been really fun. One thing though that is a, a current like they're really to slavery. <laughs> the Darkling yes, Lords, yeah. yeah. The they're Darkling well Lords are like well up for slavery. <laughs> Everything. It's a. It's, I keep analysing like the moral message of all the episodes because it's poor to weak compared yeah. to other kids cartoons of the time but that's actually quite charming in its way as well you know it's kind of nice that it's not bludgeoning you over the head with it I guess you know yeah. you can have yeah. E-Man coming out at the end and telling you to speak to your rabbi if you get touched inappropriately yeah they're just I, making fun stories aren't yeah they? exactly yeah yeah, yeah definitely and fun stories with majoritively fun characters mm. yeah let's not as I say dilly dally shilly shilly Let's kick it off because we've got a bumper episode here. Last four episodes of Visionaries to get through. Start off with episode 10. The Trail of Three Wizards. I thought this was a typo in the YouTube channel at first because I was like, is it not going to be the, the trial? trial? Three Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> I see. But then as the episode unfolded, it made more sense. It becomes apparent very quickly. Well, again, we have callbacks. We have yes. con- they are given. Con- continuity. There's continuity <laughs> throughout every single one of these 13 episodes, which is like so rare it's great. for cartoons of this era. Amazing. Proper writing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And ironically, though, there are no trials in this at all of, no. the, of the Three Wizards. <laughs> well, because they're judgment. on the trail of the wizards. And also, yeah. Merklin is very quick caught. to just judge yeah. <laughs> yeah. and condemn. <laughs> As we'll come to it, but I have serious questions about the existence of the Anarchy Zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of many questions this episode yeah. raises, I think. We open in Merklin's lair, and he's got the Spectral Knights there, and he's telling them that three potentially dangerous wizards have escaped from the wizard jail. So this is a callback to the episode where Darkstorm steals Merklin's orb and has the the Omnipotacrom. <laughs> and we saw at the end that a bunch of wizards escaped. There was a little thing in the opening scenes, actually, where like a visceral, not visceral, uh, like a fish floats past oh, like, yeah, in the steam yeah, yeah. from like the, the cauldron I was like yeah. oh I wonder if this is like a totem that wasn't awarded <laughs> yeah that would be cool, <laughs> oh, be cool. Oh, wait, it wait, would it only have cool. gone to a girl be, yeah exactly <laughs> I was about to say if there was one more woman and in, 30, in 13 episodes we didn't get any real usage of the women oh. pure tokenism yeah. pure tokenism and the one time in the, in the no, last episode they go underwater yeah. they don't even and use and then they tell the humans what yeah we'll get to it anyway so he's he's telling the Spectralites that they need to go hunt down these wizards, basically. And they're very mm. salty about it. They're like, we're not doing this for you. We don't need anything from you. Our power yeah. staffs are fully charged. We're kind of over the whole quest thing. Even the Spectral Knights are done with Merklin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. which he's point, like, I'll make it worth your while. And yeah, it's like, he basically just threatens them at this point. You know, because yeah. Leoric says something to the effect of, you know, our lands are prosperous, our people are happy. And Merklin is like, well, that could change. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I could... You're, your lands could be the condition of your lands could change at a moment's notice. <laughs> at which point they're like, okay, I guess we, 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 they were in on this. So he runs down the escapee. So we've got Fukama, who we've met before. He's the wizard that the Darkling Lords captured way back at the beginning of the series. Techno Dragon. Yeah, Techno Dragon. We have Weezer Squeezer, who is cursed to always lie, even though <laughs> he doesn't, I'm going to say. He's the one we saw at the end of that previous episode he was it's the the one with the darkling lords creating the apocalypse yeah. and the uh, the the wizards escaping from wizard exactly he's the one in the, in the very closing of the episode you see on a car kind of grinning evilly at the screen and we have bogarvis i think his name is bogarvis yeah, yeah bogarvis yeah he's the australian wizard that's all we know about him at the moment mm. well like merklin says like he's not known to have committed any no. evil 
but we've yeah, got but to why give is he in anyway. wizard prison? Yeah, and just in case. Guess, you know, in the previous episode, I jumped to the conclusion that Merklin made the wizard prison. This yeah. obviously proves that he didn't. Yeah. But he is like its juror or yeah. prisoner. Like, I guess he's like, he's, he's the warden. The, the current warden, yeah. most yeah. powerful yeah. wizard on the block. But so he was maybe... handed the keys by someone else, mm. I guess. Mm. So Merklin tells the Spectral Knights that these three wizards have to be prevented from reaching the Lost Shrine. And is it Feral or Arzon who asks where the Lost Shrine is? One of the younglings who's like, where is it? And Merklin quite rightly points out that if he knew where it was, it wouldn't be lost. Just like Camir, I was right. <laughs> but he tells them it's, uh, it's rumoured to be in the Anarchy Zone. <laughs> uh, so off we go to the Anarchy Zone. Which immediately I'm like, okay, cool, it's going to be a Mad Max thing, which it kind of is. It's kind of... It's like a Wild West Mad Max. But it's also yeah. Western. It's, it's Wild West peasant slums. That's <laughs> wow. the, what it is, isn't it? Because the first and, thing Ektar does when he gets in there is grab a peasant and start harassing them. Well, in the, <laughs> no, the pe- the guy he grabs, because it, it turns out, this is where we find out Ektar used to be a cop. And like a yeah. cop, he grabs the first person well, he sees this, and this starts was a, harassing This them. was like a, a snitch that he used to shake down when he was a cop. Yeah. Yeah, so he's which uh, was only fifteen, 15 years, years ago. ago. We do get—I don't think it's in this scene, but we do find that out at some point. Yeah, yeah. no, it's in this scene because Cryotex. Um, no, I think it's later on because I definitely made a note about it because yeah. there's another scene I, where he shakes down a peasant. Yeah, <laughs> there is. He meets other people. Like this is yeah. the, this is this is just like a Cockney midget guy, yeah. isn't it? Yes. That he, he manhandles. So he's kind of harassing him for information, like literally shaking it out of him. And the peasant admits that yes, he's heard of wizards. Selling snake oil and buying monk disguises. Also, he's heard of one who is heading to a place called Mount Bellicost with slaves and magic dust. At which point, Ektar just kind of eats the peasant away because he's got everything he needs. And Cryotech remarks that Ektar will always be a policeman. So I guess pr- police, brutality, police brutality, the norm yeah, on Prismas. <laughs> uh, at this point, the Spectrum Knights decide to split up so they can go after a wizard each. So they go mm-hmm. prepared. So we have Arsene and Cryotech heading to a place called Dead bark, which There's is a really deadpan moment though West. where Leoric's like, gather around, I've yes, got a plan. And yeah. he starts explaining it and the whole village goes quiet and starts listening in. He's like, maybe I should make the plan elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Also, dead bark. It, this is Deadwood. Yeah. Yes. It, it, yeah. It's the lamest attempt to well, kind I mean, of... Yeah, it's very much... There's not even any pretense. This is just an old West pastiche. But it's, just, um, but it's the fact that they called it dead yeah. bark. It's just like... Complete cryotech, faking... Then, uh, I, I don't know what this is. A, a varmint? cowboy accent he goes really like wild west yeah 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 farm well, how do, are you, sir i'm looking for some varmints yeah kind of stuff yeah and he does this to kind of i don't know win the trust of the locals i guess well <laughs> it's like everyone's dad when you go to a foreign country and they just try and they just <laughs> yeah. speak english but louder yeah. and with an accent <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what he does and it works and they find Weezer squeezer in in stocks being pelted by the locals they're not stocks so stocks are the feet ones what are the hand ones? I can't remember, but I definitely remember stocks of the feet. Well, for sake of simplicity, let's say he's in stocks. And he is begging to be freed in exchange for telling the crowd about a lost shipment of gold. At which point, Cryotech just kind of muscles in and picks him up, stocks and all, and he's going to carry him off, but the crowds start getting rabbly because they want the gold. Mm-hmm. They want to lynch him as well. Yeah, yes. they, 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 this is a lynching crowd. Mm-hmm. So Crytek uses and that's not form. a David Lynch fan crowd. <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, Crytek uses bear form to disperse the crowd, and Arzon carries Crytek and Weezer Squeezer away in his eagle form. At which point we cut to a bunch of monks going up a mountain, and one of them is his very eagle clearly... form is very strong. Yeah, I always think that, and it seems to change size as well. 
Sometimes I'm sure Arzon is a lot bigger as an eagle than others. It seems to depend on what he used to do. Here's some ornithology <laughs> stats for you. There was a bird in New Zealand called the Harst Eagle mm. that was known to pick up like men, like yeah. smaller men, men, women, and children and stuff yeah. like way back. I think and it's coming to extinction, but there was the one, the kind of unconfirmed giant eagle in America. I can't remember what it was called. Like some one ornithologist saw it and drew a picture of it. And nobody ever saw the real thing. So nobody knows if it was a real extinct bird or if he just mistook another species. I really want to see like a Jurassic Park, but just all the giant just birds. birds of the park. Make, make love... eagles great again. <laughs> I love prehistoric <laughs> terror birds. Amazing. I love them. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, we cut to some monks heading up a mountain and one of them is very clearly Bogavis in disguise. And, and he like barges into these monks and they're like, oh, brother, what, what troubles you? He starts talking about how deep in his meditation, he realizes he forgot the location of an important scroll that would take him to the shrine. And the monks then give him very detailed directions to this to this scroll. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's in the library down the third aisle in shelf three, zombie, whatever. He's there and he finds the scroll, which is apparently a map to the lost shrine. uh, How is it lost if they have a map? (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess if only the monks know about it, it's effectively lost. Because they're not going to tell non-monks, I guess. Maybe no one's ever asked. Fucking monks Could be a codex crime. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you we have never two... trust a monk. <laughs> so well, as we just find out, we can't <laughs> because there's a lot of monks in disguise in this monastery. And nuns, people in disguise nuns, as monks. Like you can't trust monks, you can't trust nuns, you can't trust priests. Men well, there of was the a... cloth are not to the... be trusted. There was a thing in the and war the that cloth. there was like a standing agreement between like this is the like Cold War and World War Two. There was a standing agreement never that spies would never impersonate monks or people of the cloth. Really, because they basically have no way of proving who they are or their identity. Like it would make them vulnerable. Mm. Basically, the church, like because you know a priest looks like a priest. You yeah. know, for someone well, a spy flags in. So like, how do you prove that you are actually a priest? We were watching so on this topic, and it's completely sidebar. But we were watching No Rolls Bard playing Trail at House on the Hill, and uh, they were all in costume for their characters. And Tom's dressed as a priest, and he's just got a black shirt with the white thing tucked in there. I, I was just thinking. If you just went around wearing a black shirt and had that bit of white card to tuck in your collar, what could you get away with in <laughs> oh public? Right? In public. But how many... No, okay, let's move on. What could you get away with in private? <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> well, the more we, crucial we know, question. We know what you could get away with in private. That, that was kind of what I was going to ask, but yeah. I thought I'd take the high road. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyway. I'd end up on being reported to Naomi's hotline. <laughs> <laughs> My personal hotline. Yes, your personal your hotline. Is that the is line that you're in when you think Naomi's hot? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Pogavis has got this this map, and we see two monks come up behind him who turn out to be Ektar and Witterquick, and mm. they just apprehend him. There's no fuss about it, really. They're just like, you're coming with us, mate, and he does. I like, yeah. I like that because Bogavis, you mentioned, has like this Australian accent the whole time, and basically Witterquick holds his boomerang out and <laughs> yeah. threaten him. He's like, you're, you're coming with us. You know and what this thing can Bogavis do. knows it's <laughs> yeah. serious, you know. It's like, oh no, he's brought the boomerang. <laughs> we then cut to Volcama, who is being carried on a litter by a bunch of slaves yeah. through a thunderstorm. He's headed for the shrine, we he's must assume. Learn from his time with Darkstorm. Yeah. <laughs> slaves are the way forward. And then in a very dramatic burst of lightning, Leoric steps out into his path and just declares that the slaves are free. He's like, I emancipate you. And they just dump for karma and leg it. <laughs> like, that why easy, didn't folks? you just do yeah. that? <laughs> are you suffering from modern day slavery? <laughs> You're emancipated. <laughs> for karma is then like, I've got magic dust. Ha ha. And he takes his handful of dust and throws it into the air and it becomes a dragon, which then immediately crumbles into ash because yeah. you can't get magic dust wet, it turns out. 
I thought he no, said dark. No, no, he said dark. dark. He I thought said, he said yeah. dark. No, no, I, I also, in my notes, have written, yeah, the rain must have done it. No, right? see, so dark. the first time I watched the episode, I thought he said darkness. And then the second time I heard dampness. I, wa- I, ra- I watched it back twice when I watched the episode, to be sure, and I got dark. But doesn't damp make more sense? Given that it makes more sense. I just wonder if it was a misread <laughs> on the line. We're going to listen yeah. to it back and it's going to be something else entirely. A lot of the magic in this world is to do with light as well. So, yes, as, as we know. find out in the last episode, the Solimps. Yeah, so anyway, the, yeah. regardless, the magic dust is busted and mm. the dragon kind of immediately crumbles to the earth. And the, gl- the dragon was like a tri- typical Chinese-style yeah. dragon. like bright red Asian dragon with the, the beard Big, long yeah. tail, which are my favourite kind of dragon. They're very actually. cool, yeah. Like, they're way better than the typical Western mythology dragon, you know, the just dinosaur Ooh, seeing wings. a face-off. Ooh. I don't know, yeah, because speaking from someone who lives in a country that has a dragon on their <laughs> flag, I think that that dragon is one of the best Now, now, Mark, Wales see. is not a country, it's just a weird state. <laughs> <laughs> it's just England's little bro. It's not even that, it's just like, it's England's reject country. It's like, oh, we'll let you pretend oh, and you can have this language. The Tudors no were descended from Welsh royalty. Come on, Wales has given oh, I, England I love that a lot of famous Welsh royalty. Royals. Anyway, we uh, we then go back to the anarchy zone. <laughs> where Just any Welsh listeners gone. <laughs> where the spectral knights have rounded up all three wizards. And as they're leaving, we see Sindar kind of casually leading against the gates to the anarchy zone. The knights try to get in their vehicles and they find they've been tampered with. <laughs> and I think it's Ektar presses a button and the captured chariot just seems to blow explodes. up explodes yeah <laughs> and then the darkling lords ambush them for karma is begging darkstorm to save him saying i bear you no ill will and darkstorm <laughs> is just like rubbish continue to attack yeah he just wants to get back to his puppet show you know yeah, what I mean? he was halfway yeah. through the episode as well so then ektar suggests that they release a wizard to distract the darkling lords because they're I under heavy get, fire i didn't I, get this i didn't get this it just why not just fire back yeah like, <laughs> we, we, use we, your we, magic you know the darkling lords are useless in a fight <laughs> but everyone leoric agrees with them and they're like well we're, we're not going to release Volcana because the darkling lords don't want him they decide not to release Bogarus because Witterquick has kind of taken to him. Everyone's all the all the spectral knights kind of like Bogarus. Yeah, yeah. So they decide <laughs> to like release nice boomerang. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they decide to uh, <laughs> release Weezer Squeezer. I I don't understand this plan at no. all. But they I do. love how he just free him. Want... Insta- he just whips him. Yeah, well, he doesn't, he doesn't want to go. He's like, no, <laughs> yeah. it's dangerous out there. And Cryotech's like, it's more dangerous in here. And then boots <laughs> him out into the battlefield. But at any rate, Darkstorm decides they are going to capture Weezer Squeezer. So they catapult Sindar on top of him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. The, the, the actual toy had this as a, you know, like an, a, a mechanism. It had a little catapult launch on the side of it. Brilliant. That oh, amazing. That you could use to launch the toys. Mm-hmm. At this point, Leoric sends Whitaquick to tell Merkvin that they have the wizards, even though this is now not true, and that they need immediate extraction. So Whitaquick uses his power staff to zoom off. Mm-hmm. We kind of get like a, a cutscene, time has elapsed, but the Spectral Knights are complaining that it's taking too long, at which point a giant hand reaches down from the heavens all I can, and I, scoops up the Spectral Knights and the wizards. So I, no, I noted that they got transported by Monty Python's sketch. Monty Python's <laughs> hand, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had that as well, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're carried off on the hand, and we then switch to the, the Darkling Lords and Weezer Squeezer. And Cravex is complaining that Weezer Squeezer is a loser and a waste of space. And Weezer Squeezer keeps agreeing with him, and this makes Darkstorm suspicious because wizards have such huge egos. Like, why would he agree that he's a loser? Uh, and Lexor is kind of like, well, as a liar myself, I recognize a liar when I hear one. <laughs> so they they have this wordplay test where they're trying to figure out if Weezer Squeezer is lying or telling the truth. You know, it's lots of kind of like, what color is the sky? 
I was like, where is are you Ives now? Fault? Yes. <laughs> and of course, because Weezer Squeezer is cursed to never tell the truth, they figure out that he's lying. And I, they I decide... He's not cursed to always answer, though. Like, just no. Om- yeah. Omission. He could, he could, works, yeah, exactly. You know? And also, he doesn't. Not everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. You know, like when he was with the Spectrum Lights Under Fire, he says very truthfully, it's dangerous out there. When he talks to himself, he doesn't lie. So I don't know if it's just when he's asked a direct question. Mm. It's not stated, but that also, was my assumption. In terms of the questioning that Darkstorm gave to Falcarma, he obviously had like ice cream or something on the brain because his first question was, what color is snow? And then is ice hot? It's probably... No, oh, snack time for the Darkling Lords. Anyway, they kind of they they ask these kind of where isn't the lost shrine type questions yeah. um, to get directions from Reza Squeezer, and and then they set off. Meanwhile, we cut back to the magic hand, which has taken the Spectral Knights to Iron Mountain. They get a very rough landing, which Merklin attributes to the hand being new. The hand kind of. <laughs> flying through like palm up with them all just stood on them and then it just kind of tilts and dumps them it looks like a shit way to travel to be honest so merkwin immediately banishes volkama back to wizard jail he's like do you have anything to say in your defense and volkama says no first off (laughs) uh, merkwin does apologize for the landing and mentions that the hand that hand is still in training (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there are a bit of other hands like volkama though like that is no defense masturbator at all he'd been set out to be this kind of big bad actually Yeah, yeah, what, Falcama? Yeah, Yeah. he was supposed to be a big bad. Yeah, Maybe he would have been further down the line. Maybe. I'm sure there would have been another wizard jailbreak. Well, I think the end of this episode very clearly set up a future storyline. But anyway, Falcama is like, no, I have no defense. So he gets banished back to wizard jail. They then turn to Bagarbis, who says, look, I don't actually have any real magic, just illusions. I'm no danger to you. So Merkman says they can test this by casting a spell, which, if he is lying, will set him on fire. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the Spectral Knights are all kind of rooting for Bogavis. I like this. They were very much kind of like, come on, man. Come on. Merklin casts his spell. I didn't write down the couplet, but there was a rhyming couplet because that's how magic happens on Brimos. Yeah. I, I gave up right, writing down the couplets because everything is a couplet in the last episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've, funnily enough, I had stopped, but in the last episode, I think I have written most of them. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, Bagavis is not set on fire, so we can assume that he was telling the truth, and the Spectral Knights are, are very happy about it. Yeah, they're all like, hey, he told the truth, yeah. he's honest, hey, great, we've got a new mate. At which point, Merklin points out that they've actually not brought back all the wizards, so they need to go after Weezer Squeezer. We then see the Darkling Lords and Weezer Squeezer wandering... Just your typical Prismos vast wasteland, basically. Old um, Prismos, from yeah. what we can tell. <laughs> for some reason, they're looking for a mountain because they start asking Weezer Squeezer questions, which reveals that actually the shrine is underground. But they seem to have come in with the assumption the shrine would be in a mountain. It makes um, sense, though. When I think of a shrine, yeah, you know, I, I think suppose. of like the Oracle or something. And Merkel's shrine is on top, of, top of, a of a mountain. After being yeah. in, after going to Japan, when I think of shrines now, I think. It could just be in this little alleyway next to someone's house. Yes, do you remember that well, one we walked true. for hours? To yeah, find the, the one you wanted to find. An Ari Fox shrine, yeah. yeah, that was just in a residential street somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was great. I loved it. Thank you for walking around with me for hours. <laughs> so they figure out the shrine is underground. Wardred simps a bit. And then my note says Recon finds a suspicious tree because that's literally what happens. Recon yeah. sees a tree and is like, this tree looks suspicious. Pulls the And branch. he pulls a branch, which then... Turns out to be a lever, and this boulder that the tree is growing near kind of twists round to reveal a cave-like entrance to the shrine. I like that it's got, it's got hydraulics yes. inside <laughs> it, but the hydraulics sparkle, so you know that they're magic hydraulics, <laughs> yeah. not science Technological. Hydraulics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they head down uh, and enter what basically looks like an abandoned zoo. Which, okay, why is this the entrance to a zoo? Why was this ever the entrance to a zoo? <laughs> 
just that's it's true. How... It's more like the entrance to a coliseum, you know, where mm. they used to release the animals from underground. It's like that, isn't it? It's got cages yeah. in it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, like, but there are definitely the it's definitely ten, a zoo. This, there are signs saying it's yeah. a zoo. So. This is a leftover from the age of technology. Why were they hiding zoos underground? <laughs> what was going on? Maybe the zoo was a cover for something else, like a magical shrine. Just a thought, given that's <laughs> but it was where the, the age of technology. Goes. Yeah, but the wizards could have hidden the shrine. Yeah, but it's during still, the age of yeah, technology. But, yeah, but you'd still like why? Ha- There's no point in hiding the shrine behind a zoo unless the zoo is blatantly, <laughs> obviously a zoo, <laughs> like basement level one zoo, basement level two shrine. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, again, going back to Tokyo, those buildings are like, you know, floor one, owl cafe, yeah. floor two, yeah. maid cafe. Well, everything everything <laughs> is like 12 floors at least in Tokyo. Anyway, Spectral Knights are back in Anarchy Town and Ektar rec- recognises another criminal from back in the day. So this is Benny the Con and he specifically says this is a criminal he tried to arrest 15 years ago. So we're yeah. at least 15 years removed from the collapse of society. Which we now know happened way too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they've aged really well as well. Yeah. Like, considering he was a police inspector at the time. Yeah. Arzon and Feral must have been babies because they're definitely yeah. the youngest of the Spectral Knights. In, night, in aren't the they? next episode, we actually get like a flashback mm. to Ektar's yes. cop days. Mm. And yeah. he's not aged at all. No. That's the benefits magic. of magic. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, so Ektar shakes it's down all, oil Benny the Con. At some point, he says something like, there are no laws here, and yes, he starts yeah. literally roughhousing him, right? <laughs> yes, police brutality again. And Benny admits that he overheard Recon talking about the Lost Shrine. Mm. And then, I got the impression that this con used to work with Recon back in the day. He he knew who Recon was immediately. Yeah. Like, he wasn't like, oh, I saw a Darkling Lord or some guy. He names Recon specifically, mm. I think. So yeah, they were probably mm. all part of the same criminal enterprise. I think Yorick um, is standing on in this scene as well, so he's totally cool with the shakedown yeah. too. Yeah. you got to get shit done right I, I i've always questioned the actual morals of the spectral knights like they put on airs but <laughs> yeah. i don't Look, think they're, they're, they're really as virtuous as they in one of be. the later episodes they're basically established as a military dictatorship mm. as well yeah completely. i mean their leader is a former politician and his second in command is a former cop it's not a good combination no <laughs> you know at least Darkstorm's kind of honest about what he wants which is slaves and, be- and beautiful vintage artifacts yes which is nice <laughs> anyway Benny says that someone in the building across the street is showing a lot of interest in the knights and we see like a glowing purple blob in, a- in the window in the building this made me across the road me. this was fucking amazing I love yeah. this <laughs> yeah. and Leoric is like we should storm the building. They, that's it, just it. They see this glowing blob and they're like, we should storm the building. Whoever's in there knows about the Lost Shrine. See, police brutality again, right? They charge just... it. They start running immediately. As soon as they've said, let's storm it, they start running. They charge. They bash through the door and they fall into a pit. <laughs> it's so good. It's just like this giant slime Yeah, creature. it's like a, a muck on steroids. Yeah, a tentacled yeah. shit monster. Like, do you remember the thing from Jay and Silent Bob? Was it Jay and Silent Bob? No, not that one. The other Kevin Smith one. Dogma. The oh, shit yeah. monster that yeah, comes yeah, out. Yeah. It's like that. But it's got the eyes. It's got eyes on its hands. Yeah. yeah. It's cool, actually. And it eats them immediately. It just swallows them whole. Mm-hmm. Well, it was going to starve to death. That's yeah, which is fair. Yeah, was, basically. Was, uh, yeah. So we're, we're then inside the creature's stomach and Feral lights his weapon, which he calls a dagger. So it's not a taser or anything like that. It's it's a dagger, which lights up. And Ektar makes a terrible dad joke about this being, as the police would say, an inside job. <laughs> and then they just start punching the walls of this creature's stomach. Yeah. Feral uses his alleged dagger to kind of burn the creature, and so it then agrees that it will let them out. Yeah, and tell them where the well, shrine this is. is. Yeah, because Leoric's like, no, no, that's not good enough. You also have to tell us where the lost shrine is. There's no evidence this creature knows anything about the fucking lost shrine. It's a lost shrine. 
This thing obviously lives in this building. It's obviously too big to get out. That's why it has to trick people into coming in and falling in its pit. Why would it know anything about the Lost Shrine? But of yeah, course it I does. Felt... Of course Leoric is right. Plot device. So it gives them it's directions true. and then it kind of coughs them back up. We're then back inside the shrine and zoo. we see Weezer Squeezer, Shrine Zoo. Weezer Squeezer leading the Darkling Lords through the shrine and he passes a sign that says Zookeeper, at which point he yells out, Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, <laughs> which triggers the security system. Which I have is... serious questions about this zoo security <laughs> yes, system. Yes, the security system is kind of giant toad stone gold? frogmen. Yeah, toad yeah. golems. Battle toads. It's battle yeah. toads. <laughs> it, it is, basically. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and they, but, um... they're like, but they're like made of putty. Yes. Yeah, they're like to battle toad golems. Yeah, and they yeah. converge on the Darkling Lords. So we get a fight starting, and this is when the Spectrum Knights arrive, and they hear the fight going on. So they mm -hmm. head in, and they find the Darkling Lords fighting the frog giants. Yep. Uh, and in the chaos, Recon sees Weezer Squeezer escaping, and he goes after him in his lizard form, at which point he gets captured by a giant frog. It's got like a, a mace or some kind of club, and when it hits Recon lizard it's, form, it's he sticks to it. It's like It looks it, like a gummy like Q-tip. Yeah, yes. it's, it's basically, know, like, it's, it's, it's like white tack on a stick. Yeah. Part of me thought, actually, maybe that's what you do with like insects and stuff. You know, when you capture small yeah, animals, maybe. you actually do do that to pick yeah, them up yeah. and transport them and stuff. And maybe. so the yeah, so recon is then deposited into the the lizard, lizard tank container. <laughs> Darkstorm is captured next. At this point, Cryotech asks Cravex where Weezer Squeeze is, and Cravex is just belligerent at him and is like, "Why should I tell you?" <laughs> and Lexor points out that he went that way because they figured nobody benefits if somebody like Weezer Squeeze gains power. What I really love, there was a little off the uh, like off comment from Mordred at this point around here, where he's battling one of the toads. He's like, "Don't worry, Darkstorm, I'll save you before they cook you in garlic or something." Because yes, yeah. <laughs> obviously, Darkstorm. That's been what you do at zoos. <laughs> well, Darkstorm's been captured in his uh, his uh, mollusk. mollusk form. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. we then get the Spectralites heading after Weezer Squeezer, and Cravex and Lexor take their animal forms, and they're pretty much immediately captured. So the Spectral Knights decide they've got to kind of make a run for it past the guards, so they take their animal forms, apart from Leoric. So the other Spectral Knights are captured, and Leoric kind of ducks out of sight and summons his fucking owl, and is like, I'm about to be captured, what should I do? And the owl tells him to resist all temptation to do what he would do. At this point, Leoric is about to take his animal form, and then he realizes the giants only go after knights when they're in their animal forms. Because they're capturing animals for the zoo. Yeah. I don't know. I need the fucking owl to tell you that, but you know. So he he basically just legs it past the guards after Weezer Squeezer, and he's going down a passage, and he encounters what I can really only describe as generic fairy tale obstacles. <laughs> These are the things that the hero would encounter in a fairy tale on the way before to he gets the evil though, castle. He runs to a door that literally has the word shrine <laughs> yeah. on it. So I, so I do think it maybe was part of like the zoo's exhibit. Yeah, maybe it was something. just like an entertainment complex. Yeah. And there used to be a cinema, but that's gone. It's well, just the zoo and the shrine. Because <laughs> the first thing was like a black knight. Yeah, which he shatters. <laughs> Immediately. He just whips it. He just whips and then he runs past like, like a table of sexy ladies having dinner and they kind of well, it's poo like, at him. It, it's like there's two options. One is the table of sexy ladies. The other is fire. So he and just runs, like, through runs through the fire. But the fire is an illusion. Not established for in any way no, why he chose fire. No. We do see Weezer Squeezer approach more, uh, like another fork in the road where one half is like a, a beautiful garden, the other half is a waterfall, and yeah. he runs into the waterfall. I mean, I suppose we could assume that Leoric has seen which way Weezer Squeezer is heading, but we don't know that. We don't see him seeing him. But that's why I mean like the kind of fairy tale obstacles. The, no, he just doesn't want to cheat on eye, He just doesn't want to cheat on Patch's daughter. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, we yeah we see Weezer Squeezer come to this branching path as Nero describes, and we see him take a, a hidden staircase behind the waterfall that leads into the shrine. And there's an orb up on the platform which he goes for, but as he grabs it, Leoric whips out of his hand and smashes it, and the he magic of the shrine. Abracadabra yeah, as well. He does, with yeah. <laughs> and so the magic of the shrine is dissipated as soon as this happens, and this frees the visionaries. Uh, at this point, Merklin appears and condemns Weezer Squeezer to eternity in the wizard jail. Well, no, they're, they're, this is it cuts back to them in. I, they've taken him back to Iron Mountain, so they're actually at Merklin's shrine. Well, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we then get the giant hand kind of scoop in, uh, come in and scoop up Weezer Squeezer to take him off. Uh, at this point, Darkstorm starts apologizing to Merklin. He's very grovelly. <laughs> I don't know why. He <laughs> no, didn't he actually didn't do anything really. wrong. No, he didn't really. And Merklin is like, save it. I know what you're like. I know you're a bad guy. He says, I know you're evil. I, I, I know choose what not to, to socialize yeah. with you, which is a bit cutting. <laughs> and then the giant hand comes back and scoops all the Darkwing Lords up and it's throws them down Iron Mountain. <laughs> so we see them tumbling down and Lexor is begging Cravex to save him. <laughs> and Cravex is just outright Why like, should I? Belligerent to the end. So great. Merklin then tells the Spectral Knights it's time for their awards. And Leoric, on behalf of all his friends, is yes. like, we don't need a reward. The real reward was the friends we made along the way. Merklin's offering gold at this point yeah. as and well. And Leoric's so like, like, no, no. Not magic. We yeah. did a good deed. That's reward enough. Thanks. He actually says the experience was reward enough. I'm like, what experience? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, the, the fun of Anarchy Town. And Arzon then kind of casually mentions, oh, you know, I, I still wonder about Bagavus. And Merklin is like, yes, me too. I wonder if he was powerful enough to fool my spell. This would make him a dangerous wizard indeed. And we then cut to Bagavas. Like, I don't know if he's with the monks or it's just some group of hooded cultists, but he's on a throne with a goblet in the dark, yeah. looking sinister. Clearly a setup for a future episode. Yeah, never yeah. And also next I, season's bad guy, right? Yeah. I also question, like, if you even suspected that he tricked your spell. Why did you let him go? Well, because I mean, you've got no proof. Like they, you know, he says at the beginning that Bacarvis has never done yeah, I know, but like, evil that Merklin, they know, of. and then he does. It's cast not like Merklin has like got morals, and he knew he knew he was in prison. Yeah, as yeah. well to start with, he might not have known why. But I would assume if someone was in prison, they did a bad thing first off. Well, unless, just it's Amer- unless it's America, then they're probably just a minority. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But I, I just feel like this was a glimpse into the future of visionaries yeah, that we yeah, didn't definitely. get. You know, it made me. A, it was a great episode, but it made me a little bit like there must be a German word when you're nostalgic for things that didn't happen. We'll look it up, <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> that episode. <laughs> yeah, and and again, like just the my my favorite moral message of torture and blackmail being completely acceptable as long as it gets results. That's what Absolutely. I picked up from this episode. Police right? brutality yeah. is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The police state, the military dictatorship. <laughs> that, that's the way to go, folks. Yeah. So episode 11 is uh, Sorcery Squared, which I, I quite like the name. Of. Yeah, I had definitely. no idea where this was going from the title. Although I do think it should have been Sorcery it. Little Two above it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, then the kids wouldn't have understood. That age range. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, I seem to get all the episodes that open with like a lovely pan panpipe medley. Yeah. But we get this kind of like fade into New Valaric and uh, the panpipes are going on. And there's a classic Renaissance fair shindig yeah. happening, isn't there? Like, like Whittaquick is in the middle of the room and he's juggling like a pumpkin, a leg of ham, a knife, a and really a, long knife a actually, stool and a or stool. Something? Yeah. Yeah. With his hands. I thought he was just doing it with his hands, but then he like, starts using his feet and his head to like get the juggle going. And Galadria and Cryotech are like dancing i want to say not. like this episode is well worth a watch because basically they're kind of pimp stepping in slow motion yeah. next to each other pointing the same direction but each holding like a hand like a left hand to right hand and galadria is basically trying to explain rhythm to quite <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but he steps on her foot. She goes sprawling into Whitterquick, like full spear takedown uh, and face plants on the ground. And the juggling implements that Whitterquick had up in the air kind of hit Cryotech one at a time, like the yeah. and the pumpkin smash. And then the stool lands on his head and knocks him out a bit. And he starts to go down. And then the knife just goes doing, 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 like, yeah. into the stool. Like, I fucking love it. The stool is almost like a helmet. Yeah. The way it lands on him is great. It's so good. And the crowd cheer. Yeah. It was, <laughs> love just, it. It was a great well, visual gag that you knew it was coming, but it was still great when it happened. Yeah. And like, yeah, definitely. Everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, Whitaker's like, oh, you think I'm good? This guy's amazing at <laughs> It's very much what? like good old Cryotech, isn't then- he dumb? The ATAR is then schmoozing on Gladria. He is magging yeah. on her heart. He's like over the shoulder whispering in her ear and stuff. I did notice while this was going on, actually, though, that in the background, there's a kind of, there's another knight that's wearing brown and pale blue. And he's got a blank area where the chest totem yeah, would be I saw that. normally, but he wasn't one of the visionaries. And I was like, that's interesting because most of the non-magical knights in the court wear just pl- armor. Yeah. And it's still futuristic mm. armor, but not armor. So maybe he was the guy who's supposed to be a fish. <laughs> uh, from the previous episode, I was yeah. thinking about it. But yeah, so Cryotech, Feral goes over to help him up and he kind of waves him off a bit grumpily and Galadria helps her up. But Arzon says, no, no, Galadria, I've got sa- I've got safer hands and pulls him up. Yeah, it's, it, the whole... I, I didn't like this episode, actually, to be honest, uh, because of all the bullying that's kind of going on and it still doesn't <laughs> resolve itself at the end. No, but... <laughs> Yeah, he gets up and Leoric basically calls attention and he proposes Cryotech make a toast because he's as the, the oldest. oldest of the yeah. Spectral Knights. Yeah, what? And is, is it Arzon or Whitterquick? Whitterquick. Is mm. Whitterquick whispers in uh, Gladria's ear like, oh, I better know what he's going to say. And he basically like shadow whispers Cryotech's yeah. toast while he's doing it. And it's like to the circle of light yeah. or something. And the crowd love it though. You know, everyone's like into it and things. But And yeah, Gladria calls him good old reliable Cryotech. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he gets a bit shirty, I think. Yeah, about being predictable at this stage, he, he kind of slinks off, doesn't he? Basically, yeah, he's kind of like stood in an archway, just brooding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He does his brooding best. He is like not used to social niceties. I feel like yeah. he's up from yeah. from the north and stuff. Like it's not his thing. Dance, you don't dance when it's cold. No, it's grim up north. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As the um, song goes. So Arzon comes by and asks, uh, says he needs some help of the muscular type, yeah. which made me, made me chuckle. And he also goes and gets feral and they take the capture char- chariot out, out for a drive down the canyons in the local area. <laughs> like the local area around Nuvaloric has gone downhill as well it, yeah. over the series, right? Because it had city before and now it's really like starting to be plain and bare. It's, all those, it's like uh, the world is starting to decline a bit. Yeah, it's all those battles with the Darkling Lords. I mean, that is fair. Like they have been a lot of fights that would leave damage, collateral damage here and there. But again, I think yeah. it's, I think I've said it before. I'm not sure if I said it on air or not. But it's the Dragon Ball Z thing where, like, you get yeah. your city, yeah, you did, and then everything around it is just vast wasteland yes, where you can have fights without true. really damaging anything. No, true. But they're doing their best to save endangered species, I guess. So Arzon points out this eagle nest, like up a cliff, and bids the feral and Crytek follow. And a couple of what I thought were trees, but actually were rock spires, had kind of crash landed over an eagle's nest, but not killed the young by some chance, basically. <laughs> Cryotech like picked one up in human form. He just yeah. picks up this rock thing that's like a telegraph pole. It's huge and chucks it over the mountain. And he spots that, I think he says something like it's, it looks like it's been melted. Yeah. Mm. yeah so he yeah. spots that it's like, you know, it didn't fall naturally. And then we cut to the dagger assault driving across the plains, I think. And yeah. Darkstorm and Recon are sitting in there with Mordred in the... 
I think it's the dagger dart is the name of the uh, thing. Okay. The flying. I was the flying wondering what that was that called. Launches mm-hmm. off yeah. of it. So Darkstorm's like, it's your turn, Mordred. We're doing target practice. You've got to beat Recon's score. And he fires the dart up. And Mordred spots the Spectral Knights and starts like flying in to attack them, uh, who scramble out the way. Arzon does his bird bit and he goes up and harasses Mordred, who stabs him. Yeah. Like out and out just stabs him like it looks like chest or wing, but he properly goes for him. There there is there's another incident of so what I from what I can tell, because there's another incident, and I think it's in the next episode where oh the bow and arrows yeah yeah Yeah. like if they get damaged in their totem form they don't seem to take any damage in Mm, their human form funnily enough we're going to watch dungeons and dragons next yeah we i think and this is there's a lot of dungeons and dragons ripoffs in this too because Mm. i mean like the the stone one that we're going to come to but this is polymorph the spell polymorph yeah because you turn into an animal and then when you lose all your health points as the animal you revert back to yourself with whatever hit points you had originally Uh, so i think i think that's basically the spell that Mm. they're stealing from here but anyway i was on like falling from the air cryotech kind of catches him in one of the flight pods i don't know what those are called from from the capture chariot and then he's like, have you got the controls? They, he kind of just I, hands it over to him. I and believe then jumps. they're just called the hoverpods. Okay, hoverpods. That's a good name for it, though. Yeah. So he basically is like, checks ours on his conscious and then jumps bodily out of the hoverpod onto the dog, uh, dogger, the dogger dart. That's used for something very different. Show. <laughs> yeah. Do they have dogging in the States? Is that is that what they call it? I mean, Jesus, that's just for our American audience. That's where you park in remote rural areas and have sex with strangers or have sex in your car while people watch yeah. the dogger dart. It's a wholesome pastime. Which, ironically enough, he does wrestle Mordred in the dogger dart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, Mordred falls out and the eagles on the ground start pecking at him and he transforms yeah. into his beetle. I do find even though the Darkling Lords are the best characters, they barely ever use their totem mm. yeah, for anything yeah, useful whatsoever. Like, they're more about uh, the power Phylot. stats. Yeah, the, the yeah. Phylot gets the most use, and but they are definitely more about their power yeah, stats. Yeah, like I was just thinking, Sindar, I think maybe only once or twice you see him use his animal form. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Mostly in like, the first three episodes. Really not, when obviously they never. The, yeah. the most common animal form, I think, is probably Lexor's because he's always running away in it. Yes. Lexor, Recon, and Recon uh, used a fair yeah, bit. Recon's, yeah. Recon's is used a fair bit. But they're always used, yeah, I suppose they're supposed to be. A lot of theirs are more defensive. So I yes. guess, you know, it's different yeah. scenarios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hiding and sneaking and whatnot. And one of them um, is... Well, speaking of which, actually, Kravex turns into the Phylot and he knocks Cryotech onto the ground and seemingly unconscious and Recon and Darkstorm put him in the old magic dungeon trunk uh, and start Sindar. trying to remove his token. It's Recon and Sindar. Uh, token. Yeah, so they, they lift and shift him. Mm. But with the last of his strength, he <laughs> Cryotech reaches out of the trunk and pulls Kravex in. Yeah, because Kravex is out there kind of being like, oh, what are you going to do now, Dark? And he's just like, and then he's just like, yonk. He yanks him in and then Darkstorm, using Kravex's pissed voice, shouts, reverse polarity. And at this point, we all know what's going to happen here, I think. Well, you actually see, no way. The, the two totems kind of merge inside. Like yeah. You see the, bear like the green and, the and blue fuses yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah. And the skeleton flash. I really like the, the magic dungeon trunk, mm-hmm. actually. It's, it's brilliant. I um, just, my only criticism of this episode is I wish it had been the other way around. I wish it had been focused more on Cravex. Yeah. <laughs> it would have made yeah. it I thought much he was better. Swap 
uh, originally. Yeah, I did. Swap That's what I remember way. happening. But yeah, in the end, it just ended up being a mockery of people with dissociative disorders. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you've got Asperger's. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Cryotech comes out and he grabs Sindar's staff actually and and jumps into the capture chariot with the spectral knights and, and like basically they make their escape. Yeah. So at this point he's got two staffs on him. <laughs> Darkstorm bails, basically. He drives off, but he leaves Mordred just simping somewhere downhill. <laughs> like, well, Mordred's still stuck up on the eagle's nest. Yeah, and he's yelling oh, yeah. for Darkstorm pe- to come yeah, back he's being, for him, isn't he? Like still pecked at by the eagles. <laughs> He's failed him, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so the Spectral Knights get back to the party, which is still in full swing. <laughs> Feral says that he was worried about Cryotech losing his totem. And Cryotech just laughs it off. He's like a little bit more bold and brash. And he's yeah. like, I've never felt better. Oh, actually, while they're in the capture chariot, he's like, put this thing in gear. Let's go party. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's, get, let's get it on. So yeah, they get back and Cryotech just storms in, rips apart a spit-roasted hog, starts munching on its legs. He chucks his leavings everywhere. I think Bit hits Witter quick. And then he throws a bit of shade on Galadria. I'm not sure exactly what he does, but he, he like puts her down in some yeah. way. Um, He's like, and you he, are annoying me, woman, or something to that yeah. effect. <laughs> wow. And he storms off, taking both his staff and Sindar's staff. And on the way out, he actually grabs Whittaquick's staff from, yeah. like, <laughs> like talking about Japan, you know, the umbrella racks they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest, it's basically, it's basically rack like a staffs. totem rack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if there's a party going on, you leave your staffs at the door, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that they're willing to leave now. these incredibly powerful magical weapons that apparently anyone can use just out the door. Yeah. Don't even. The crystal one where they leave the crystal thing is fucking insane. <laughs> yes. In yes. Later oh my God, yeah. Unbelievable. Just Galadriel's the tour a bit guide. sus at all this behavior now. Yep. She's with some of the other spectral knights in there and they're like, no, no, it's fine. And she's like, no, actually, she's like, I'm going to go find out what's happened to him. She knocks on his door, asks him what's wrong. And he's like, he's like what's wrong? You're meddling presence. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it, woman, leave me, leave me alone. <laughs> it's amazing because then Whitaquick yeah. shortly follows in after and like you did do it you stole my staff he walks um, into his bedroom like un- yeah. like uninvited basically well I think he suspected that that he'd his staff had been stolen by Cryotech but what happens True. like what happens next is hilarious because like Cryotech starts going I'm gonna create a new order to rival the spectral nobodies. <laughs> like yeah, yeah like the totem thing happens doesn't it so like yeah. it goes like bear filet bear filet uh flashing and you can tell basically what it means is he's like evil he's going to be somewhat well, evil whenever the filet's so up i had I, I actually made like huge note on this because galadria actually says you've got the filet totem the filet totem and all the evil magic that comes with yes. it which counteracts <gasps> fucking eyepatch's daughter's statement of Legend. it's not the m- it's not the magic it's the person that wields the magic so can no, we this, no this is this it turns the magic. out the dark side is strong within cryotech but can we yeah, because... can we assume that the magic that was given to cravex which merklin said was neutral basically right that the magic that has given to cravex and the other darkling lords has been shaped by them the magic itself yeah, a bit of their essence. Right? I think that's what I it, but like 
it's basically saying that Cravex's will is greater than Cryotex because mm. it yeah. keeps on over. Like it's it's in charge more than yeah. Cryotech more than, is yeah. of himself, which you know makes sense given you know Cryotech is kind of a bit of a wet blanket versus Cravex, who is strident. I was going to say, um, obviously has uh, has a void rage. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a high opinion of himself, definitely. Cravex yeah. is very highly strong. Cryotech yeah. is a, a more unassuming personality. Yeah, so... So like uh, Nero was saying, basically, Cryotech is basically saying he's going to go back to North Area, um, mm-hmm. which is just a great name for his Northern Kingdom. The North yeah. Area, um, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to create a new order to rival the whining spectral nobodies, which I love that quote, basically. So he's got three power staffs. Like, yep. that's a pretty good go. Whittaker try, tries to stop him, immediately knocked out. Just immediately bodied. Yeah. yeah. And then he kicks, a, kicks a wall down. <laughs> in a, impressive. In, in a stone castle, he just yeah. kicks a wall. I love and it. And then he... Uh, he he Gilfoys his way out of the building going, this. the best is yet to come. He's just screaming <laughs> in Galadria's face. Yeah. She's like inches away from him and he's just bellowing at her. <laughs> I actually wrote a note here because you can tell when Cryotech is in his evil form because he just bellows everything at yeah. full volume. Like there's no talking as Cravex, which is relatively like Cravex himself yeah. to be fair. <laughs> it's just he happens to have a deeper voice. Yeah. So the Spectral Knights are basically onto it. So they follow along in the capture chariot. I think they bring the Lancer Cycle too mm-hmm. um, while he's flying ahead. But they come across some of the Darkling Lords and effectively they actually truce yeah and this is a kind of a pattern that's starting to happen through the later episodes of the Definitely. whole series, I think, basically. Which, There's more of really, this going on. Yeah, which really like makes even more of a shame that we don't get more of the show because like, I'd love to yeah. see more of this kind of dynamic. Yeah, definitely. And so... <laughs> At one point, Darkstorm refers to them as the sepulchral knights, which I quite liked as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. It's <laughs> a new word for the kids. It made me titter. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. this is not for the kids that are watching, surely. E- Ektar gets pissy about it, as he so often does, and corrects him, you know, spectral knights. So, in Phylot form, Crytek arrives home. The guards and the watchmen of North Area start to sound the alarm um, as it's coming. Crytek transforms out, arrives at the front gate, and they're like, oh, thank God you're back. Like, the Darkling Lords are here. And he does his bellowing exposition dump on the people. And he's like, I've got the power now. And like, you know, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to make Prismos bend to its knees, etc., etc. The Spectral Knights and Darkling Lords have arrived. Cravex and Mordred are in Skyclaw. (laughs) And Cravex basically (laughs) is like, I'll give you a reward if you help me make Cryotech suffer. Yeah. <laughs> more, just like, more just like his suffering is reward enough. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just, seems to have it in for, cry, uh, for I Cryotech. I feel bad for Cryotech. I don't. He's, I do. He's a douche. No, no, he's not. He's, he's an, just yeah, a all nice All the Spectrum a douche. No, if Cryotech anything, is not Cryotech, douche. no, Cryotech is like the modern man, you know? Galadriel yeah. like, does all the, all the, yeah, the man the Yeah, he does the sewing. The relationship. Mm. Yeah. Is the best of the spectrum lights. When you say he's the modern man, you mean he's the bitch. I mean, Whitaquick is the best strong of the spectrum take. lights. <laughs> 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 yeah. Men were better back in the day when they had guns in their backs. <laughs> anyway. So the, the, yeah, the, truce, the truce is broken in some respects, I guess. Like the, the sky claw zooms off and Leoric shouts something about them betraying their word of honor mm-hmm. um, but they go off anyway and start shooting up the town Cryotech <laughs> bears out and Cravex uses his fear staff on yep. the bear form and Crytech hallucinates a giant snake coming over the, the mountain, mountain <laughs> above the top of his village like they've got some really odd fears these yeah guys. And he uses Sindar's staff, which he's got, to try and fight the snake. But obviously, Sindar's thing can't see the snake. So it just ends up destroying some of the city, walking up the hill and just 
smashes the ground. Actually, it can. It must must be able to see it to some extent. It, it heads like it, it in the direction. It can see his fear vision. Yeah. I yeah. think. Well, I wonder if I wonder if it's just taking cue from where cryotech supposedly oh, pointing it. Yeah. yeah but yeah it goes up and it just smashes the mountain and causes an avalanche yeah classic you could see it coming yeah right? yeah completely Lyric <laughs> whips Le- lexor into <laughs> using his staff yeah <laughs> but instead of a dome like normal which i think it has kind of a limited range the his his staff power like goes up the hill and kind of shoots uh, an area of effect thing yeah. to divert the avalanche but there's still some of it coming yeah so um, they so- they just start fucking shooting at the avalanche. Just that's how you fix really an avalanche. Lasers are hot <laughs> and they melt the snow as it comes down. And basically, just, they kind just, of flood to the city. It's just the most American solution to anything. <laughs> Shoot, Shoot that avalanche. Shock and awe. Yeah. <laughs> Earthquake. What do we do? Shoot it. <laughs> Luckily, they are using lasers, not yeah. bullets, I yeah. guess. So, but... yeah, it works, but it's still, I was still just watching in complete like amazement. <laughs> This is really sad, actually, but I was thinking at this time, I was thinking, you know, when there are mudslides in like Indonesian villages and stuff like and they, they ride into town, obviously, they're kind of unstoppable, but then they actually set and that's the nightmare because then you've got like two feet of mud through your house. So everything's higher yeah. than it was before. But what they've done here is this avalanche has melted to water. Water has flooded in, but it's a frozen kingdom. So it's going to turn to ice. <laughs> so imagine your house being like two feet or half a meter of ice on the ground floor. It'd be a yeah. fucking nightmare. You'd have to ch- like, chisel it away and shit. <laughs> like, or, you know, just start a fire. Or just laser it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But how, uh, like, start a fire everywhere. Burn it down and start again. <laughs> oh, man. Where was I? Cryotech starts blaming everyone for destroying his city. The Darkling Lords surround him and Darkstorm... No, no, I was going to say, they actually say they're going to kill him. Which is yeah. a rarity for kids' cartoons. Because Darkstorm theorizes, he says like that they've developed a theory that they could take the totem even after he's dead. Yeah. Like, that's dark. I know, like, oof. This is where Cryotech uses his speed staff, whizzes off to Merklin's lair. Yeah. I didn't understand why at the time. So my, it still doesn't quite make sense. My theory based on the scene that follows is that he understands that he needs to get rid of the file and he thinks Merklin can do it. So yeah. Oh, that seems to maybe be he broke the bad. Yeah, because when he's when he's himself, he's obviously aware that yeah. Philot is a problem. Because yeah. <laughs> when he arrives that at Mer- when he arrives at Merklin's, he's in there. Mm. Like he's normal cryotech because he immediately asks Merklin for help. So you uh. can we can kind of infer that maybe he had a moment of cryotech where he yeah. then decided, right, get to Merklin. It's my one shot at getting help. That makes total sense. Merklin's having some me time. He's basically like reading a big <laughs> really? book and he's got his little pet dragon. Yeah. Cute. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, Cryotech, good to see you. The staff's, as Cryotech's rise, the, <laughs> the staff's just fall into the pool and he's like, oh, you needed to charge the staff. Well, he says, that's, he says that's a weird way of, of arriving to charge the staffs. <laughs> <laughs> so Crytech asks Merklin for help removing the totems. Yep. Um, and Merklin takes too long to find the spell, basically. like well, And, and it, he flips to Philot mode and he basically slams the book Merklin's looking at on his hands and on his like, no, beard as well yeah he's like no fuck it I'm gonna keep it like you know well this is the last <laughs> we see of Merklin in this episode so he's whatever's gone down he's just been like hmm, weird and carried on with his yeah. day <laughs> yeah the power's still out there I guess so he Philots and then flies away that's why I was so confused because he spent all that time getting there and then he flew away but it, it makes sense now what you said I, yeah I, yeah the Spectral Knights, Dark Lords, they're kind of searching around Darkstorm's castle. They're like guarding his castle, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just um, patrolling around in case Cryotech shows up because 
Darkstorm's like convinced that he's coming to destroy his castle and nothing should touch his beautiful, beautiful castle. <laughs> it has seen the it has been through the wars. Yeah, yeah I think he's right to be worried. <laughs> like, the end of, yeah. I despite the end of despite the previous truce break, Galadria like reminds Darkstorm that they have an agreement and he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Mordred Mordred spots the Phylarch, He's like, what should I do, Darkstorm? And Darkstorm's like, do what we agreed. But he's like doing the throat slitting motion with his hand at the same time. Like the worst baseball, like, in, like this is what you do. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. And Mordred simps and then attacks. Yeah. <laughs> Basically shoots him. Cryotech re- reverts to his human form, but he uses, while falling from the sky, he uses his power staff to shoot down Skyclaw. He falls for a metal, really long like, time. Yeah. Yeah, he's like properly, yeah, like skydiving out. <laughs> Virulina takes the dagger dart up and goes towards him and he uses the speed totem, which has been recently recharged. The first time we've seen a totem, I think, used twice a, in an episode. A yeah, standard, yeah, yeah. yeah, twice an episode. And basically like causes her to spin out. Yeah. And then he lands on like a turret and does some bellowing in of his evil. He's like, um, he's and then he brings the storm. destruction fucking guy. <laughs> the beast out to just ravage like Darkstorm's castle man. <laughs> it takes a pounding <laughs> yeah it really does but it knocks over a column that almost hits Galadriel it's uh, and... like a um, what are the words a turret um, a rook yeah. even a rook <laughs> and Crytek <laughs> turns into bear form and goes down to rescue her so he says at this point that he's finally found the power to like keep the evil down yeah no he says he's not been able to keep suppress the file up before so That's w- what i think the inference here is that his concern for gladria over like was the most intense emotion he could or intense feeling he could f- feel which gave him the power to suppress the phylot. Uh, but once she's out of, of harm, yeah, once she's out of harm's way, the phylot starts rearing again. <laughs> That's it, because he's like, warm up the magical dungeon, and yeah. then he's like, no, fuck it, and then he turns into the phylot. <laughs> <laughs> like, love, love, love is fleeting, folks. Yeah, he's like, I want to get rid of the phylot, but then why should I get rid of something that's good? <laughs> exactly. So before he's able to do anything, I think it's Whitterquick and Leoric in Cheetah and Lion form, yep. basically pounce on him and knock him out. They get him into the old magic dungeon trunk and they remove the phylot and he emerges feeling better than ever. Yeah. He says, Darkstorm demands <laughs> at this point that demands that they stay and fix his castle. As his slaves. slaves. <laughs> like, I think the demand was pretty fair up to the point he, he said, said slaves. slaves. Yeah. At which point, Jesus. at which point, Ectile's just like, yeah, sure. And they all just walk off and get in the dagger assault. <laughs> and then they drive the dagger assault through various walls, through Darkstorm's bedroom. bedroom. The dagger assault, like the front of it hits his bed, which is epic. Like yeah. it's like yes. a four poster, but it looks like a more of a mouth of a Chinese dragon, yeah. maybe something like that. They ram it out the outer wall of the castle and crash into the moat yeah. where they then use his bed as a life raft. <laughs> It's, it's amazing. amazing. It's an amazing it's sequence. So good. I, I rewatched that sequence, not for note taking purposes, just because I loved it's it so funny. much. I was it's like, so it, good. Was that a bed? Yeah. <laughs> so like, good. I love the 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 next thing like you see Darkstorm on the parapets, just going, My castle, my bed, my burp. <laughs> yeah, my exactly. They're, they're standing above the hole <laughs> yeah. that they made. And so him and Mordred fall into the water. <laughs> And he's flapping around. Darkstorm also can't swim. Loads of them can't swim. Yeah. And Mordred's like, no, no, hey, calm down. Don't worry. The moat is only this deep. And he stands up and it's like hip deep. Yeah. <laughs> and all the spectral knights are just standing on the bank, pointing and laughing. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, it's so good. And then uh, you have that emotional moment. Cryotech back at the Nuvaloric. He's he apologizes to Gladria and he's like, I'm sorry for being boring. She's like, lovable, predictable, reliable. reliable. Exactly. And they, they basically explain that she explains that's, that's why the they love him so much. Yeah. They go in for a bear hug. Yeah. He chucks in a kiss. He gives her a kiss, yeah. Credits. You know. I think this is like the final confirmation that they are a couple. Yeah, definitely, no definitely ambiguity couple. left anymore. No matter what Ektar yeah. thinks. Ektar yeah. <laughs> is Wolverine to <laughs> Scott Gene and, and Scott. Gene. <laughs> Just constantly standing in the corner going, Adria. <laughs> Nobody wants to fuck the policeman. Come on now. <laughs> ECAB, even on so, Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I actually, I really enjoyed that episode. I think it could have been better, like I say, if they'd have fo- had more Greybex in it. But, but I don't yeah. know what that, ended, done that with... ending of them just driving the dagger or something. <laughs> I don't so know what amazing. you would have done with Greybex in that episode without any totem, really. No, but I, I was thinking more Greybex having. You think like if they swapped totems? No, no, just Greybex getting both totems and having this from Greybex's point of view and Greybex being nice. Yeah, you want the Skeletor Christmas special effects? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I am not nice. <laughs> 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 oh, we have to review that at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's amazing. So good. But yeah, this I thought this episode started a bit ropely because the, the pylon on Cryotech in the beginning, like obviously it served a yeah, purpose, it's really... but it was a bit like, he's, well, just, he's your just mate. Like the, the, the Spectral Knights are the typical jocks of a high school. They're just <laughs> dicks. Mm. Yeah, this, yeah, Spectral Knights are jocks and the Dark Knight Lords are the goths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So we come on to episode 12, Honor Among Thieves, which... I think might be my favorite episode out of the bunch. I really, really Ooh, like it's it. Close. It's close. It's just a bromance. Like it? this. It's great. It's the most bromance. Yeah. So we open up on the Spectral Knights with Merklin, and it's like they've just apparently completed a quest. And Merklin's like, you did really well on this quest, so let me present you with a gift. This is the gem of detection. And immediately Ektar's like, I, st- I smell the foul stench of bribery. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, Arzon's like, yeah, we we shouldn't, no, no, no. And then Merkin's like, allow me to at least present the gift before you reject it. This is not a jewel. This is the ultimate burglar alarm. <laughs> Which immediately I was like, what? <laughs> okay, fine. And so um, one of the, just before we go for one of the reasons this is one of my favorites is for the number of like references back to earlier things in this episode. Yes. It's fantastic. So the Spectral Knights take it and we cut back to them uh, back in New Valaric. Um, and they're questioning if it works and as they do it kind of goes off and uh, shows like a, a guy coming in through the entrance of New Valaric and Ektar goes off as the, as the cop to go and see who this dude is he's wearing like the most obvious fake beard and fake nose and Ektar kind of just pulls them off and it's like some famous jewel thief so they kick him straight out of New Valaric again but as he's doing this, the, the rest of the Spectral Knights zip past behind him in the capture chariot going, Ektar, something else has happened. Come. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. And what it turns out is, so we cut now to the the Darkling Lords sneaking into New Valaric through the, cin- cin- uh, the cinema? <laughs> the sewer. <laughs> Look, if, if you're not allowed a botanical garden, you're definitely not going to be allowed a cinema. So <laughs> so yeah, the, the, they're sneaking through the sewers. Obviously, because they've been forewarned by the jewel, the Spectral Knights are there to ambush them. And Leoric tells... Leoric just tells Darkstorm about the jewel. He's like, full volume. He just shouts it. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, we have the gem of detection now. You can never get in here again. So immediately, like, well, okay. And 
Darkstorm then orders Sindar to use his staff because uh, they're just surrounded by like derelict buildings. And so Sindar's power staff summoned and the beast destroys these two buildings. Um, it breathes fire. Yeah. Because it well, chases um, uh, Whitterquick. Whitterquick, yeah. yeah. They, so it destroys these two buildings and after the rubble kind of settles and the dust clears, the Darkling Lords have escaped back down the sewer and you hear Darkstorm going, we have discovered we need to get back. And I think, it's, is it Recon? Going, it stinks down here, Darkstorm. <laughs> I love that they're just <laughs> always bitching and bickering. Yeah. <laughs> and then Feral's like, Oh, well, it's okay. He only destroyed two derelict buildings, but don't say it too loud. He'll send us a bill for the demolition, which made me laugh. Leora and Ektar bemoan... Of then, all the throwbacks. Of all the throwbacks. Why? So they're bemoaning that they have to go and attend the Botanical Garden Planning Committee meeting, <laughs> which I'm just like, this is from episode one. Just like I assume that they, this, this means they must have failed to push through the jousting arena <laughs> initiative. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But it's taken them this long and they're still in the planning phase of this. Well, shit takes well, budgets. Time, They've got to sort yeah. budgets out, right? A lot of red tape. Yeah. Well, as, we, as we're talking about budgets, so we cut back to the uh, planning committee meeting in full swing and some male Karen is basically just saying, <laughs> well, now you've got this gem, you don't need security, so we should cut security from the budget and use that to pay for the botanical garden. What's it, the botanical garden? Botanical. Cryotech's getting pissed. And Leoric <laughs> actually turns to him and is like, it's the same way you would turn to a child and go, use your words, use your words. He's like, tame your words, tame your words. <laughs> use your indoor voice, Cryotech. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, then- is, this, is really this is when it was really made clear that this is a military dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Like the people are asking for something, but he actually does have the power to just totally overrule them at this point. Then old female Karen bots in and says, trust the military to hoard funds. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. And then they chant, <laughs> make lan- roses, not lances, make gardens, not weapons. <laughs> it's um, very catchy. <laughs> more daisies, less maces. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the chant in the second part. <laughs> then Ektar's like, hey, 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 I used to be a cop 15 years ago <laughs> when we had technology. Let me tell you a story. And he tells them the story of this bank that had a, a, an alarm system or a burglar alarm that was the ultimate burglar alarm. But the designer of the alarm was also a thief and he broke in and disabled the alarm and stole all the gold and left no traces and got screw- got away. And it cuts back to them like, okay, so what happened to this thief? And uh, Ektar's like, well, because we had no evidence, we had to set a trap. And- it's good policing, that is. We've got no evidence. Let's... Uh- <laughs> let's let's go out on our own and, and just nail this guy. I enjoyed it. It During the like, flashbacks, um, there was a pan of the camera and you actually see Viralina in the yeah, newscast oh, yeah. up on a poster. Oh, you also see um, one of them jackham- like Yeah, uh, Sindar. Uh, I, think Sindar. Yeah. I also yeah. love that the yeah. bank was called First Psychic Bank. Really? Yeah. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. What Ektar's plan was back then to capture this thief was to, there was a, an exhibit showing like what appears to be the Queen of England's jewels, effectively on like a mannequin of, the, of Queen Elizabeth. Obviously not because it's Prismos, different planet, but allegory suits. And uh, it then cuts to like after hours and the thief coming to cut open the glass. And as he sticks his hand in to get the jewels, the mannequin grabs his arm and then 
XR, like, you know, pulls the face off the mannequin. It was XR the whole time. And it turns out the thief was recon. But then he then goes on to say, yes, we arrested him, but he then escaped from prison and went on the worst crime spree that Prismos has ever known. <laughs> so, like, what was the point of this story? Well, this is not a convincing story, <laughs> oh, no. is it? <laughs> but do you think also, like, you know, they, they couldn't follow through on the arrest because they'd honey trapped him? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but... um the, Ektar's main point is that you can't rely on security systems. You need security people. And you also can't rely on people. Which is completely disparate, like proven false <laughs> later on when the security guards fuck up everything. It's proven false by Ektar's own story. Well, where yeah, he, that's a true. person, was unable to get well, put in prison. And they put him in, no, they put him in prison, but he escaped. And prisons have guards. So, you know, Ektar, Ektar's just like shot his own story down. So it was at this point what are we, 12 episodes in, where I figured out why his name is Ektar. Oh, go on. Inspector? Because he, he was an inspector, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I, can, I literally was like, how did I miss this this entire time? They even called him a police officer in like episode one and two as well. Like, Ektar the yeah. inspector. I still can't figure out ours on, but inspector everyone else's Ektar. name makes sense now. Yeah. Inspector. Inspector, yeah. What about Recon? I guess because Recon... Because he does Recon? Yeah, because yeah. he does Recon. He's the spy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So did Cryotech used to freeze people? No, but he's from the frozen north. No, I know, but like cryotech. Oh, yeah, some of it, some of it's spurious. Actually, Lexor, mm. I can't really work out. No, and Galadriel as well is just kind of like Galadriel. Yeah, yeah with, I just imagine that was a Lord of the Rings allegory. Galadriel, probably true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's all I could think with that. Virulina suggests that I guess viral news. Virulence. I was thinking oh, of yeah. viral news. She could be. Yeah. Oh, was was this before the term viral? There was no viral news in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ahead Maybe there of was their on time. Christmas. Ahead of their time. Anyway, we cut back to, so the committee just don't care about Ektar's story at all. And they start chanting, more roses, less lances, more daisies, less maces. <laughs> and then Leoric caves and he's like, fine, you've made your point. You can have your fucking gardens. We cut back to Darkstorm, who is looking through what I termed the big book of magic crystals. <laughs> it's just like crystal yeah. of beauty crystal of this it, crystal yeah, of it's just like your, your basic beginner wiccan a to z of rocks yeah and he comes across the, it's basically uh, the player's handbook or the dungeon master's <laughs> guide yeah. for D&D and he comes across the crystal of detection and he's like oh so the only way to get around this is with the cloak of concealment not they are LARPing. They are officially LARPing. The it's not a cloak, the it's a leather jacket. It's just a jacket. It's just it's a jacket with a, a pattern on the back. But I think that does tie up neatly in the end. Yes, it does. So Darkstorm immediately orders Recon and Mordred to put out feelers for info on the cloak. And they... they, they what does Dark Mordred say? Yes, your fancifulness or something. He calls him, he calls him Fair Darkstorm or something yes. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, something that was very kind of like boyfriendy. Yes. So then we cut to the next scene still in Darkstorm's like throne room and he's playing chess with humans as the pieces on the board and every time a piece gets taken it's a trap door <laughs> and he's like he's, the bishop takes um, like a, a queen a queen it's the queen yeah, yeah and the, he, the bishop's like sorry and the queen's like drop down the trap door and lands on like a, a chicken feed bed thing <laughs> we've all wanted we... to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we, you know I think we can all admit that if we had the slaves, we'd do it. Yeah. I love Darkstorm loses interest. Although I wouldn't use chess, I'd probably do something like mansions. <laughs> okay. More complicated. Yeah, but yeah. way more fun. Yeah. Yeah, Darkstorm loses King interest of in this game immediately. <laughs> <It's just laughs> With like, real people. I'm bored now. Throwing stones. <laughs> <at each. laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, you could probably do that, like with the dodgeball type things. So it's like you got one person with King Tokyo who stands in there, and it's like, how much can you take them before you give up Tokyo and swap? Well, you're basically you're trying to make the, a new uh, gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> when you're the magical military dictator, you can do what you like. Yeah. As they're as they're kind of like Dark Storm's getting bored of this game, and they're just ch- kind of loafing around. This giant fucking bird flies in and perches on Darkstorm's windowsill, and it has an accent <laughs> that I will, I, you know, I'm not going to try and replicate it, but it's um, basically saying it, it has info, or its boss has info on a cloak of concealment, but it needs payment, and the payment is a fuck ton of meat. And so much meat. It's like ribeyes. At least 400 cuts of meat. <laughs> ribeyes flank steaks and all the condiments that they can get i did not expect the turn this episode was gonna make no no this no. giant bird arriving this is like it's like woody woodpecker on fucking yeah. steroids basically rocks up it is a jacked ass bird it's a terror bird it really is it's also a terrible bird it's unexplained as well yes. why it's working why, for its why boss does it exist and... why can it talk <laughs> why yeah. does it work for it who it works for <laughs> what does it get out of that relationship Oh, I don't know. But we then cut to Darkstorm, who's buying a fuck ton of meat from, like, a cash and carry guy, effectively. <laughs> he does like, not accept invoices. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite bits of this episode. So it, the cost is 3,000 gold, and he immediately orders Mordred to pay for it. And Mordred's like, I've saved up my allowance for two years, but it's <laughs> not even half the money. And then Verlina's like, hey, I'm waiting for some blackmail money to come in. Yeah. <laughs> but the best one is he turns to Cravex, and Cravex is like, if your last check to me had cleared, I'd be able to help you out. <laughs> they have been like bouncing checks <laughs> on <laughs> you. So this, the, the Prismos Age of Magic, currency is gold and checks. <laughs> it's the one Love remnant it. from the Age of Science. <laughs> promissory notes there is nothing technological about a check <laughs> it's the most archaic mm-hmm. but yeah so the, like Darkstorm's like I'll take out a loan to pay for this meat <laughs> he's like the lord regent of this area and right he is the to, bank you have to assume he's the one giving Mordred an allowance as well <laughs> it's a lot of gold 3,000 gold it's for what, like gold. 400 cuts of meat yeah. I bet it's Wagyu yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised though, because there's no grass in this planet, so there's no. very little chance of meat existing. He gets the meat, and we, we then cut to the Darkling Lords all like carrying these wagons of meat, and I noted that one of the condiments is catsup. Catsup, yeah. yeah. Catsup, steak sauce, and mustard. Like vats, so it's amazing. And they're just carrying it through the jungle. They're kind of not figuring out where they're supposed to go. They're, they're like a little bit lost. And it says, like, Sindar's like, oh, this is my home. And like, this is your home. Why don't you know where we're going? And Sindar goes, well, there's been a lot of big development projects here since I left. <laughs> <laughs> 15 amazing. years of growth, I guess. You know? yeah, it's amazing. And then all of a sudden, the DL, the Darkling Lords are all attacked by basically giant versions of Venus flytraps, carnivorous plants. It's a Venus flytrap trap. Yes. <laughs> they wait for them to come into the middle of them and then it's, they're there. It's very little Shop of Horrors mm. kind of. Oh my vibe God. Yeah. Well. I've literally called the main thing Audrey 3. Yeah. <laughs> From this point onwards, it is Audrey 3. So there's like about four or five of them they start attacking the darkling lords the darkling lords fight back viraline is actually caught in the mouth of one of them and darkstorm tries to stab it with his the end of his totem uh sorry staff and he just gushes like some green stuff at him and knocks Sap. him but yeah and knocks him down so he summons his rat bat of decay basically uses it as a weed killer 
<laughs> and just makes it, it just makes them all wither in turn until the last one that's there is like, whoa, dude, dude, dude. I'm the guy you're here to see. It just so starts talking out is, of nowhere. This is the bird's boss. The yes. bird works for the plant. The yes. plant And the plant wants the all the meat. And the, the plant. plant is the plant is Audrey too from yes. Little Shop of Horrors. Even has a slight lilting accent, you know, like, whoa, stop, man, stop. Yeah. So <laughs> the plant's yeah. like, uh, look, man, it's it's a it's an easy cape for beef exchange, right? <laughs> yeah. Well because <laughs> Mordred sorry, no, Darkstorm's like, hey, we'll honor our part of the agreement, which you already broke. And he's like, the plant's like, well, sorry about my my brothers or whatever. They're still pissed about years of deforestation and pes- uh, pesticides. <laughs> and Mordred's like, oh, if you make me cry anymore, I'll steam up my helmet. Now where's the cloak? <laughs> <laughs> and the plant's like, well, we've got a big pile of clothes just on the other side of this tree line that we've saved from travelers. They've just been eating travelers and dumping the clothes there. And they go over and Darkstone's like, where's the jacket? And the, the plant points out the jacket and Recon just immediately puts it on over his armor. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I just love has it. giant shoulders. It's so good. It actually, it sort of looks like um, Kaneda's jacket mm. from uh, Akira. But yes, the back, it does. on the back, it's not a pill. It's like a glyph, like yeah. a hue-shaped glyph symbol. It's just like, like, like a red bomber yeah, jacket. But I did wonder thing. if it was a little nod to Maybe. Akira. Right. Maybe. So Recon puts the jacket on, and the next thing, Sindar's like, well, I can still see you, and Darkstone's like, it doesn't make <laughs> you invisible. Assumption. It doesn't make you invisible. It makes the crystal unable to detect you. But isn't it literally called the Cloak of Invisibility? No, it's the Cloak no, of Concealment. 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 Yeah. Concealment. Yeah. He's, he's not He's not particularly concealed either. No. Well, he's concealed <laughs> specifically from this crystal. Yes. So we cut back to New Valaric, and Recon just walks into New Valaric wearing the jacket, past the guards that are there playing go fish and they just ignore him completely he walks up some steps and past one of the karens from the the botanical committee and he's like hi and she's like what a creep and the other guy's like yeah he may be a creep but i like his jacket (laughs) he's got this weird kind of pseudo irish accent (laughs) it's so weird and then we cut to what can only be a tour group being shown around the new valari castle and they've literally left this crystal of detection their main burglar alarm on a table, on a terrace, in the open, in front of the tour group. And the, the tour guy's like, this is the crystal that protects all of New Valaric. Moving on. And then Recon just walks up, picks it up, puts it in his jacket, and walks off. It's <laughs> so like, easy. Wow. There's no, there's no finesse in his thievery, though. <laughs> no. Like, under the arm, that's it. <laughs> but that doesn't need to be, clearly. <laughs> we then cut to Ektar walking through the streets with another one of the botanical committee members who's like oh when you smell the red roses and see the verdant greens you'll know you've made the right decision Ektar and Ektar spots Recon in the crowd he's like wait a minute Meh. Recon <laughs> and uh, Recon's like oh shit Ektar he's seen me uh, legs it off uh, Re- <laughs> as, as Recon's legging it off he breaks this cart of apples I'm like oh no apples like, <laughs> no, like it's a car chase or something yeah. as well and literally Ektar just steps over them there's nothing about it. He's just like, yep, yeah, whatever. And then um, he then uh, goes and chases Recon in fox form. And Recon starts yelling about a mad fox. Help, help, there's a mad fox. And this is more proof that the guards are shit. Because they yeah. must know Ektar, right? Yeah. They know what he can do. 
Yeah, they still and it's a blue fox. Yeah. It's a blue fox. It's not just a fox. And they, uh, and as Recon's climbing up a fire escape, Exar grab like jumps up in fox form, bites the jacket and rips a bit of it off. But then the guards arrive and net Exar, but he transforms back into human form. He's like, he's getting away. They let him out and he chases Exar just outside the gates of New Valaric, where Recon is picked up by Mordred and they fly off in Skyclaw. We cut back to like the... Spectral Knights sat around laying into the Botanical Committee, basically saying, this is all your fucking fault. You slashed our security budget and look what fucking happened. You bunch of fucking flower-hugging nerds. They're unrepentant, though. Yeah, they really are. They don't, <laughs> they give, don't a give a shit. They've got their flowers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ektar's like, well, maybe you can help us. Inspector, at this point. <laughs> yeah. He's and, in full Inspector mode. And uh, what he does is he, he gives them jack- the bit of jacket because he's like, there's a bit of pollen on this jacket. Can you identify it and tell us where it's come from? The guy takes out like a examining monocle spy, <laughs> examining monocle. Well, can't call it that. Well, the jeweler's thing is called. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I like the phrase "examining yeah. monocle." <laughs> Let me just get my examining monocle. <laughs> Every botanist needs one. <laughs> but he, he examines the pollen. I'm pretty sure you cannot identify pollen like this. No way. And he says it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> the meatiest chompiti plant, <laughs> which is a carnivorous plant that feasts on flesh. But the committee, like, they asked the committee where it is, where they can find the plant, and the committee are like, no, there's only a few of them left. We're not going to tell you because you'll go and kill them. But the the committee eventually gets shouted down, tell them where the fla- the the, flan- the plants are, and Hector uh, heads out by himself. Like he gets in the the Lancer cycle, yeah. and everyone's like, hey, Leoric's like, are you sure you don't want anyone to come with you? And <laughs> Ektar, we get this weird kind of like cut shot where it cuts between Ektar and Recon. Now, and Ektar's like, I've just realized that I am now the thief. We've switched roles, and I'm now the thief, and it cuts to Recon going, I am now the inspector. Or the I'm detective. now the detective, which is not... You're not detecting anything. You're <laughs> no. a guard. You're a security. The, you're, the, you're I a love the Broman, though. Yeah. The Broman yeah. is yeah. hard. Yeah, but if anything, Recon is now a mall cop. <laughs> right? He's presenting yeah. a bet. Well, yeah, and then, like, I'm coming to get you, Recon, and Recon's like, try your best, and yeah. It, 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 it's basically that kind of, it's like... It's the, the Batman Joker realising yeah, but it's a bit more honorific. Kind of it's a bit more honorific. It's more like... The Pink Panther Inspector Clouseau kind of a mm. little bit more humor to it. In fact, when we come to the end of this, we'll find out exactly how fucking bromancy this is. It's maybe a bit more like traditional Sherlock Moriarty type mm-hmm. thing. Yes, it's definitely. The game is afoot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's stage. like, it's a battle of wits, which it isn't. Well, never mind. It's a witless battle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a witter-quickless battle. That's oh. also true. Yes, Very it true. is. Hector sets out and he finds, uh, we then cut to the meatiest chompiti plant chowing down. Like It's <laughs> cooking, it's barbecuing the steak. It's enjoying its, it's meat kebabs. so much. Yeah, it's making it's steak, like ribeye rib and flag kebabs. And it just takes this skewer of meat and dunks it into all three condiments and starts eating it. And it's like, oh, this is the best steak. It's a shame I don't have any more cloaks of concealment. And then the next thing, like, so Hector's weapon is a core, effectively. And he, he he claws the the stem of this this plant. He's like, you can't eat anything if you don't have a stem to swallow it down. And Classic bu- police negotiation tactics again. Yeah. <laughs> and he basically bullies this plant to find out if there's another cloak, and there isn't. So the next thing we see really is that uh, Ektar's put a shout out to Arzon, 
to bring him in on the caper. He's <laughs> <laughs> putting his team together. Yeah, he is. Nice. It's, it's, his Ocean's yeah, yeah. it's his Ocean's Eleven moment. And he's like, saying, has, it's Ocean's Two. Yeah. <laughs> But he's he's basically telling Arzon, it's like, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that I intend to use you as bait. You may get, ca- you will get captured and maybe tortured. And Arzon's like, yeah, great. What does he say? Arzon, Arzon's kind of like, I'm so honored you've invited me along on your caper kind of thing. He's <laughs> just so fucking perky about it. Well, I mean, George Clooney's invited in him to be part of his, uh, uh, part of his crew. <laughs> Although I guess in this, this era, it was before that one. So it would have been uh, old blue eyes, Frank Sinatra. Original nice. Oceans 11. Even, even better than ours on Ektar is when it cuts to Recon and he's got a min- a scale miniature <laughs> model of Darkstorm's <laughs> castle and he's like, this is what will happen. Like, this is where I'm going to play Sindar. Yeah. This is where, what, what Arzon's going to be doing and Ektar's going to be doing. It's, or what Ektar's going to be doing. It's brilliant. And then it cuts to Ektar stood exactly where Recon was pointing saying the exact same things like Recon will play Sindar here. Da, 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 da. And... Uh, <laughs> Arzon's like, okay, I know what I need to do, and basically just turns into an eagle and flies into the castle and sets off the the crystal alarm. I mean, it's a fairly simple strategy, right? As Arzon flies in to distract everyone, Recon sends Kraybex out in file-up form to get him, but also then orders archers to shoot down <laughs> at Arzon, not caring if he hits Kraybex. Completely she does. Doesn't somebody yeah, Lexor, point out? Lexor's that he's gonna, like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah Lexor yeah. points out, like, what are you and, doing? And Rico's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and Craybex is pissed. <laughs> well, they they fire a ton of arrows into them, as we mentioned. There's like each of them have got like five or six arrows in them, and they crash to the ground. But as they turn back to human form, the arrows just kind of vaporize and mm. disappear. And yeah, Craybex is pissed. He's like, you can't have to help me. He's not as pissed as he's going to be in a couple <laughs> of scenes, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they capture Arzon and they're taking him into the castle. And Arzon gives the game away a bit because they're like, they. Fi- it turns out that the crystal's just going to keep going off as long as they've got a spectral night in the ground. basically your neighbor's car alarm. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, it's still going off and... Uh, they're like, what do you see in it? And he's just like, I see Mordred and Arzon. And it's like, oh, I guess it's going to keep going off. So the Darkstorm's like, right, well, let's just flush him down into the abyss as quickly as possible. And Arzon goes, aren't you going to put me in jail or torture me? Interrogate Dar- me, yeah. Yeah, interrogate me or torture me. And Darkstorm's like, fuck. <laughs> oh. And he realizes that Arzon is the distraction. But he doesn't realize it's just Ektar as well because he sends the rest of the Darkling Lords to find all the other Spectral Knights. We then cut to Ektar, who's doing his best kind of dun 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 yeah, He's already inside. <laughs> yeah. He's in the he's wall. Like, so he's, he's sneaking through and like some guards rush past him. He hides behind the wall. And then he turns into Fox form and slips off and he ends up coming up behind Sindar and Lexor. And Sindar's like, ah, oh, dumb Spectral Knights, not outsmart Sindar. <laughs> and he just turns into human form, taps Sindar on the back, as he turns around and just punches him in the face and yeets him off of the side of the castle into the thing. And Lexor's just like, Hector, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, hi, Lexor. And like, how about this? We'll make a deal. I won't raise the alarm and you won't hurt me. And he's like, I won't cause any trouble and you won't hurt me. And Hector's like, I like trouble. <laughs> Which Lexor's like, well, each to their own devices. And it turns into his his... Armadillo, armadillo and he just falls away. Yeah. It's so good. That's all he ever does with his armadillo. <laughs> yeah, form, yeah, it's just run. <laughs> we then cut to Darkstorm and Kraybex and Recon and Mordred all with Arzon in the throne room on the like what do you call it? Chessboard. Chessboard, yeah. yeah. And Darkstorm's ordering 
Arzom to be dropped into the abyss. <laughs> and Mordred's like, sorry, dear Darkstorm, there is a bit of a, a, a disagreement. We are not sure which of the levers is for the abyss. I think it is this one, and Recon think it is that one. And Gravex is like, this is dumb. Just pull it and find out. So Recon pulls his, and it drops Gravex. <laughs> and all you hear is, as he's falling down is, you will suffer for this. <laughs> so <laughs> good. amazing. It's like my favorite scene. In it's one of the best bits in the whole yeah. cartoon, definitely, yeah. yeah. You know it's coming, but it's still like worthwhile. And it, it's, it's pure still... Starscream. It's just pure Starscream yeah. voice at that point. It was amazing. You know it's coming, but it doesn't diminish the payoff every time. It's brilliant. Then, as soon as that, like just after that happens, Ektar kind of Indiana Jones is his way into the room, grabs the crystal, and for our British listeners, rugby passes it. For our American <laughs> listeners, football passes it to Arzon, who catches it just as he's dropped down a pit. But the pit just like like leads him, sends him into the moat, which is kind of good because yeah, he's basically escaping. we know it's ankle deep, so. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's the most ineffective mode. They did, <laughs> they did they refer to it as the endless abyss before. Like one of the pits is an endless well, that's abyss. That's the one I think just a shoot to the moat. Well, no, that's I think that's, what, cra- that's where Cravex is. <laughs> that's why he's so pissed. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if it was just like they call it the endless abyss to scare people, but really it just takes you to the moat. No, I, I think that's where Cravex is, but he can get out because he's a phylot and can fly. That's that's my reasoning for why he's not dead. <laughs> and then Ektar basically flying kicks recon away from the levers that control the pits and just starts pulling them at random it's like Mord- a benny hill moment yeah like- just mordred's trying to like mordred's really nimble for a while and he d- almost gets all the way to this, uh, reminded me so much of the scenes in nightmare do you remember nightmare where yeah, have yeah, the t- yeah. they'd have to walk on certain tiles and they would disappear yes. and, yeah yeah but he gets right to the last one, and just as he jumps to the towel, like Ektar pulls the lever, and Mordred falls down into yet another pit of garbage. Call back to the first episode. <laughs> Darkstorm says, Darkstorm's exact words at this point are, What's happening? It's like, have you not been paying attention? <laughs> I didn't know if yeah. this was more of a kind of like, what is happening? So it's <laughs> it's, it's in like more of a genuine inquiry. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> but he then tries to leg it across the chessboard and gets dropped into a pit of fire. But luckily, because of his mollusk form, he clings to the wall and is safe from at least burning. Although one would think if he got stuck there for too long, he'd cook inside his own shell. Yeah. yeah, or his yeah. goo would be less sticky and stuff. Or, or he might just know. lose the form. I don't think we've established how long you can hold an animal form for because it seems to depend on what you need in the episode. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, finally, it's just Recon and Ektar. And the they, moment. And <laughs> Recon's like, offers a fight to the death. And then Ektar's like, no, because it just occurred to me, I think we need each other. And then Recon's like, yes, but what is a, a detective without a thief? Or without the criminal. And then next I was like, yes, what is a rat without the maze? <laughs> Which I think is a bit of a fucking, a bit of shit. Passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like Recon's at least trying to make them sound like equal. Yeah. But then they, they kind of like, okay, well, what do we do now? He's like, Recon's like, well, I stole the gem from you and you stole it back. I say we call it a draw. And they're like, yeah, fine. And they kind of cross swords and like, till we match wits again. It's like a, bro- a high five with <laughs> yeah. their weapons. And then right? they just the bromance. opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, yes, till we match wits again. And they kind of like bow to each other and just leave. I'm like, <laughs> amazing. Fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We then cut to the Spectral Knights returning this crystal to Merkling going, they say we've done some lab tests. 
No, you haven't. You don't have any science. This is my one sticking point. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they're saying we've done some lab tests and it turns out this crystal load of shit. It can be beaten by polyester. The jacket was just made of polyester and that beats the, cr the crystal. And Merklin's like, sorry, I created this during the age of technology and I didn't keep up with textile advancements. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Just, I can just imagine like a bunch of people in shell suits yeah. just walking around <laughs> doing crime, just like they yeah. do nowadays. You mean in Liverpool, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, the old, it's the old joke, isn't it? Uh, what do you call a scouser in uh, a white shell suit? Right. Mm -hmm. What do you call a scouser in a suit? The defendant. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I don't condone these uh, jokes. No. <laughs> I just I know it. the so, answer. So Merklin offers like a couple of conciliation <laughs> inventions, like a magical pest repellent or a food refresher that can bring <laughs> rotten food back to being edible. It's magical Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, basically. And they're like, no, 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 no. Where? Well, I think Leoric says something like, we'll let you know when we want something. Yeah. As a trade. We cut back to the Darkling Lords who are sat around having dinner. Sindar's asking Darkstone what is for dinner. And he's like, pea soup, cabbage souffle. Like pea soup, turnip something, and cabbage souffle. Souffle, yeah, like turnip broth and cabbage souffle. And they put this plate down. And Sindar's like, where's the meat? And Darkstone's like, someone's driven the market by so high <laughs> that we can't afford it. <laughs> and the final shot of the episode is just on the Audrey 3 plant eating more steaks. <laughs> I pure, love it. Co pure comedy episode all over exactly. the place. Mor moral message, respect craft, even if it's illegal. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, like, or maybe it's like Newtonian, like there's always an equal and opposite mm. reaction. I don't know. Practical message, and don't feed your carnivorous plants actual meat. Definitely look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't like, accept yeah. gifts from wizards, I think. <laughs> the, their exchange of Merklin with the end really shows how the relationship with him has deteriorated <laughs> over the course of the series like there's no respect there anymore <laughs> okay so we come on to the last episode in the series I actually don't think it like it's a fun episode but it's almost too fun it's not it the to be strongest the, of it, the like, it's just too it's just too fun to be the last episode but also the dynamic between the two factions is is amazing fun like it's it is great. good yeah. it's a really cool in, in terms I of do like how it brings them together yeah definitely I do as well so we have episode 13 dawn of the solemps solemps Sunimps, the laziest Sun animated of <laughs> yes. all enemies. Just one color, that'll do. Yeah, fuck it, just yellow. So we open up, <laughs> we open up on Feral and Arson being chased by Cravix and Mordred in Sky Skyclaw, and Cravix is just shooting them, going drat, 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 <laughs> and they fly down this giant pit, and they come across an ancient tomb, and immediately all hostilities are forgotten. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, this is really interesting. Like archaeologists <laughs> would love this, and yeah. I think Cravix is like, there might be treasure. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it. That's they, they just truce. immediately stop fighting and are just discussing things as normal. Feral goes to read the inscription on the tomb. And it's like, please keep out dangerous things in here. Do not open. So it's, they think it's a curse. It's fucking hieroglyphs. Like he's, he can read hieroglyphs. <laughs> like, you know, man doing this, swan eye river. Like, he's <laughs> like, oh yeah, that says please. Yeah. Arzon interrupts and says, I've never heard of a curse that says please before. Doesn't he say he's like made a study of curses or something? Yeah, I've studied curses <laughs> and I've never heard of one that says please before. Like, and Cravex is, is like, seen one degree. curse, seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. He like, yeah, he gets his staff and starts trying to break it immediately. The four of them then take a vote on whether they should open the tomb or not. 
And they're like, all in favor. And Kravex is the only one that raises his hand. And he turns to Mordred and he's like, you're siding with them? And he's like, I'm doing what dear Darkstorm would want me to do. And Kravex loses it. He's like, Mordred, you bootlicking sycophant! <laughs> and, and he just chases him off. He does, yeah. amazing. Forgets the tomb. He's just like, no, I'm going to chase this guy. I've got to beat up Mordred. <laughs> and uh, Arzon shouts after him, tell Darkstorm to meet us at Merklin's Shrine. We then cut to Merklin's Shrine, where the Darkling Lords and the Spectral Knights have assembled. And Merklin's saying, it's a really good job you did not open this tomb, because it contains the Sun Imps which are nasty, magical creatures that cause so much havoc in the first age of magic. So there has been one before. With This is now thousands confirmed. of years ago. Yeah. Uh, the, it would, they were so bad, the entire world teamed up to bury them. So I, my theory here was, are they that bad because they effectively caused world peace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. but it's what you have to do on the way there, right? You know, if it gets the job done. <laughs> anyway, Merklin basically says to the Darkling Lords and the Spectral Knights, look, it is now your task to go and rebury this tomb to make sure that nothing escapes. And the Darkling Lords and Spectral Knights are kind of like, mm, uh, uh, fine. I hate it, manual labor. Yeah, yeah. the next, <laughs> the next cut is... They there. have shovels. Shovels and picks. What? Yeah, the next cut is them walking down to this pit again. All of them together, the Darkling Lords of Petrol Knights, they're just chatting away, having a nice time. No one's pissy with anyone at all. Lexor's like, I hate manual labor. And I think Cryotech's like, oh, that's something we can all... No, uh, Ektar's like, that's something we can all agree on. And they're like, yeah, it's weird. yeah, fuck it's weird how It's weird how they can just be so casual around each yeah. other, actually, isn't it? But in a way, Darkstorm's got what he wants because he wants them to be slaves. And at this stage, they are all <laughs> actually slaves. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, they're just, not his slaves, think, but they're still slaves. I, like, I honestly wonder why they're fighting sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You've just got your what own for? castles and your own... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, yeah it doesn't plenty seem... plenty of magic to go around. Like, yeah, exactly. I was about to say, it doesn't seem like there's a shortage of resources. Well, as we see right Unless you this give episode, all your meat to giant kind of response. Everyone who lives at Darkstorm's place is a slave. And so he's yeah. got his... Sla- you know, And he has people. That's the thing. I thought yeah. at first Darkstorm didn't have like a populace hmm. because he wants slaves. But he does actually have slaves, so... Yeah, totally. I mean, maybe that's why they're fighting, you know? It's an ideological thing. Oh, what? Is Leoric trying to emancipate... the North versus the South. <laughs> Leoric's trying to emancipate Darkstorm slaves. Don't be a slave for Darkstorm. Well, Come to New Valaric and that. live under the my military dictatorship. never go on the offensive? No. Not once in the in the 13 no. episodes of the Spectral Knights, the, effect, the offensive. That's military... Like... Military uh, military dictatorships actually rarely ever do. I know we always think like, oh, you know, like yeah, yeah, Nazi yeah. Germany, but there's mm. so many military dictatorships that have been around. For like they tend to be a lot more yeah, yeah. insular, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're more about consolidation to... of power within their own country. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you exactly. don't give people nice things like botanical gardens. <laughs> <laughs> Jousting fields, damn it. Barracks. <laughs> We're going to indoctrinate those kids. They're, they're all heading down and they start kind of digging to bury the tomb. And Lexor's kind of like saying... What if there's something in there that could, you know, some strong magic that could get them under the thumb of Merklin or even bring back the age of technology to which all of the knights are just like, no, fuck that. Why would we want that? Like, Cryotech actually says, why would we want that thing back? Well, yeah, I mean, they're all uh, making out like fucking bandits. (laughs) They're literally lords. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A dog storms immediately like, yeah, there's wisdom in his words. I like things the way they are. I have slaves. (laughs) 
It's like in this barren wasteland with always purple clouds and stuff. You love this. Like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> it is like, I think, you know, everyone wishes they could live in the Middle Ages for some reason. Or the Dark oh. Ages. Yeah, because they're not thinking about uh, like, the disease. The and... 1% of people were lords. You yeah. Know, you, I would, would not want pet. to live in that era because of the hygiene alone. I'd have been yeah. burnt as a witch. Yeah, exactly. A serfs, basically, at best. Yeah. Anyway, Lexor then starts turning to Sindar. And he's like, Sindar, use your power staff to break down the tomb. And Sindar's like, no, Darkstorm would string me up. Ah, oh, you won't do it because you forgot the magical verse. And he's like, no, I haven't. Oh, you're just a dummy. Like everyone thinks you are. It's like, no, they are. Yes, you are. You're a dummy. And then Sindar just gets really angry, whips out his power staff, sends off his battle rap, summons his destructive totem, which, yeah, kicks down, immediately just stomps on the the shrine, breaks it apart, and uh, <laughs> pisses everybody off, especially Darkstorm. As it as it disappear as it disappears, like these weird creature type things trot out of mm. the shrine. And as they hit the sunlight, they turn into small humanoid figures. Yeah. I've got so the you, mutant Pokemon, basically, because yeah, so they got, are like that. You've got one that is kind of like a little wi- elfy wizard, pixie wizard, big, big beard. You've got another one that's like hypno markings on its face and an axe. You've got one that's Beast Man, effectively from He-Man. Yeah. One, and, or, or one looks like Sabretooth from X-Men. Mm. Actually, a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I think a, that's the only thing that's Beast Man. The piggy one. And then Cousin It with a face yeah. <laughs> yeah i thought he was kind of like uh, a bit more he had a bit more of animal from uh, muppets about him oh yeah definitely. animal meets mangy from pokemon yeah yeah definitely mm. so yeah this is just weird hodgepodge and ev- immediately the darkland lords spectral knights are all laughing at them like oh we were worried about these what the fuck and then they go attack like the the, the sun imps is like attack and this this leader is blatantly voiced by chris latter yeah. Because <laughs> that attack is Chris yeah. Latter's attack. And uh, we see the furry, hairy one goes after the Mordred. And did you note the couplet? No, I didn't. These it's something like, beware your hair. And it makes Mordred's hair grow and tie himself up. Like, like hog his ties him. Everything. Yeah. His helmet flies off his head because his hair is <laughs> growing so much. Yeah, it basically hog ties him. Then another one, uh, the piggy one. The one that, oh, the, this one does. This one says something like, you're out of luck, writhing muck. Yeah, <laughs> and it cr- turns the ground around them into the muck from a pigsty. Because we find this out a little bit later on. This imp's whole thing is that he can turn the ground around the ground at will into pigsty muck and cause pigs to stampede. There's there it's two powers. Amazing. It's like you know Stan Lee and the X Men. That's where they just ditch all the stupid superhero ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is like scraping the barrel, yeah. scraping the mud pit. Whitterquick then picks up the the one with the spirally face and the axe, and it just knocks him on the head with the axe, and he falls asleep. He's like, "You can't do this." Oh, really, really lazy couplets. This one just says, sleep tight, foolish knight. Yeah. <laughs> Bop. <laughs> Unconscious. I did know. No it, place but... to hide, so slip and slide. The yeah. Next oh, yeah. One. yeah. And it casts like ice they, on the ground. Even when they're not fight it, like casting spells, they all seem to speak. That's yeah. why I did, stop, I did stop writing everything they say because everything was a rhyme. Yeah. But yes, they, so they, 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 they create ice and cause all the Darkling Lords and Spectral Knights to fall over as they're giving chase. And then this... One that's kind of like Beastman. I think he's more Beastman than Sabretooth. He's got the ruff around his shoulders. Mm. And, and no, no, it's, it's a cape. Neck, you know, 
It's it's it's, it's, it's a shirt. Like a mane. He's got a mane. He's got of some a, sort. he's got he's got fur, but it's more. I think it's more Beastman fur. But he's got to like fair, a Beastman and uh, Sabretooth almost look the same anyway. That's true. Yeah, depending on the depending on the Sabretooth, you know, yeah. animator. But yeah, uh, but yeah. So he just his his voice is like Sonic voice. He's um, what's it from? Uh, the uh, not Inhuman Inhumans? No, Canary. Uh, the, the Black Canary. Black Canary. Yeah. Oh no yeah. no. Oh God, what's he called? That He's was, from the that humans. Was the, the emancipation Black of Bolt. whatever. Black Bolt. That's it. Black, oh, Black Bolt. Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he screams at some rocks and creates a rock fall, uh, which buries the Spectral Knights and the Darkling Lords. This is one of my favorite bits when Doctor Disco Manhattan gets summoned. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so random. So, so like he, they're like, what are the Sun Imps? Even though they've already been told by Merklin. And he's like, well, they live to achieve mischief. Um, and he, he starts to explain their powers, even though we've already seen them. And then they ask how to subdue them. And he's like, well, you have to get a rare snorkel berry, hair of an orange cat, and the tail of a stupid lizard. And Recon's like, yeah, stupid lizards? He's like, <laughs> there are no stupid thing. lizard. Yeah. And he's like, well, your totem's tail would do for this and, and and then he's like then you get it all you bake it in a garlic well, before meringue that, like, pie Dark Storm's like impale him later to calm Recon, <laughs> recon down which, but yeah it's so, yeah. like yeah bake it into a garlic meringue pie and then Dr. Disco starts like summoning pies into well, his goes, hands goes, and he starts pieing the, the knights basically they go, they so go, uh, he goes a bit Joker-esque because they're yeah, like, face, garlic, like garlic yeah. garlic pie, garlic meringue pie and they're like and then what he goes and then look at me Look at me! Look at me and smile! And then he starts, and then, and then he starts pieing them, and he's like, <laughs> he's just screaming and smile and smile, smile <laughs> as he's lobbing them. I like, as a side note, I like that Leoric got pied twice. Yes, <laughs> and then Leoric's like, I think you need to take that staff in for repairs. And then, yeah. uh, I think is it ours on spots the the sun imps on a cliff Poor guy, exactly. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. He, he's like, no, there's the problem. So they all break off in chase of the sun imps. Good power. It's a good sign of their power, though, that the sun imps can do that with the staff power. Mm, like yeah. they can control it effectively, puppeting it. I noticed here that Cryotech and Sindar are working together up front, like the two foes. Mm, yeah. They're working together with the net to try and catch them. But the sun goes down. And all the sun imps turn into their kind of creepy crawly form and just fuck off down the rocks. And I love one of them turns into a crab. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. Everything it's the does. naturally <laughs> uh, natural evolutionary cartonization or whatever Cartoniz- it's called. Like, cartonization. Is it can- yeah. can- cancerization? Cancerization. No, I thought yeah. it was cartonization. No, I'm sure it's something to do with cancer. Okay. Yeah, no, not cancer. Definitely... It's not to do with cancer. It's to do with <laughs> the word cancer, as in. If the you've crab. got cancer, you're turning into a crab. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> so what I love about this is that the the, the Sonics escape and both the Spectral Rise and Darkling Lords are like oh well they're very much kind of like well thank god that's over with like, let's <laughs> hope we never see them again done no follow up so next thing we see the next day effectively new vl- <laughs> they're talking new about vl- the fucking botanic garden again <laughs> so Feral's giving Leoric his agenda for the day and it's a m- meeting with the botanical committee who want to grow ivy on the castle walls another zoning meeting about the barracks they get nothing done in this meeting they're still having zoning meetings about the barracks all we know for sure is that they didn't get the jousting arena but one the other callback that I love back to the like episode 3 there's a callback oh, yeah. to the, they say there's a meeting with the farmers union because the farmers who are using the magical seeds are being accused of unfair competition <laughs> valid <laughs> totally, totally valid <laughs> I just thought it was absolutely amazing 
I was like, that's a touch of detail and care that you don't I wonder what see. this writer's team went on to make, like <laughs> yeah. the next cartoon they did. Oh. I always love anything that takes the kind of the fantastical and the magical and puts a little bit of just the human bureaucracy yeah. into yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we then cut to a son in, in front of a fish a market stall of fish. It does, it's, I can't remember what it says, but it, it creates all the fish, makes all the fish kind of come to life. And control them. They're just flying around Uvalar, causing chaos. <laughs> when Yorick and Feral are having a sword fight Why with is two Leoric floating fencing? swordfish. He's got a rapier. Leoric's <laughs> <laughs> actually got a rapier. He's I mean, he can't whip a swordfish. Come on now. <laughs> How do you know? But then uh, we, a sword, one of the swordfish cuts like a market stall. A swordfish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's re- complete, completely still, silly. We then cut to... <laughs> This is my one of my favourites. Merklin is looking through his uh, pocket Omnipotacron, and he's like, the spell detection spell is missing. Oh, well, it's a cheaper bridged edition. <laughs> it's like amazing. There's like constant shade being pocket thrown edition, on this. Spe- a bridged bridge edition. edition. <laughs> and then uh, what appears to be the lead imp of the Sun Imps, Abraxas, appears in front of Merklin. He, they, they have a bit of a rhyme. I have written this down. Okay, they, have a, they have a rap battle, um, and Merklin basically says, With, within, without, without, within, may this spell imprison him. Yeah. And a little, like, grated cell box, like, flies over and lands on the Sun Imp. But he basically casts Counterspell, if you're yeah. a D&D fan. Um, and he says, a magician's orb is all I lack. Take this spell and send it back. And basically the cage goes over to Merklin, who drops his orb and is in... in and it's probably in turned into a blueberry. Exactly. <laughs> I hear of powers, but, but I see Nary fashion this fool into <laughs> a blue blueberry. Berry. Yeah, that was a bit it's of a strange. half rhyme. It's a half <laughs> rhyme. so bad. And then, and then he's, he's dissatisfied. He's like, he oh, blueberry is quite boring. Yeah. Well, he says, you know, so, about if he can't talk. So he turns him into a blorch. Exactly. <laughs> to what summon a, a light, a burning torch, to summon a laugh, a creeping blorch. It's like a testicle with a face and legs. <laughs> do you know what it is? Do you remember our real monsters? Yes. Yeah. The uh, guy, Krang. The, not Krang. Kang? The, the one that held his eyes. Crumb. Or Crumb. Yeah, held crumb. his eyes. That's what it looks like. I thought it looked yes. like a baby version of the thing that ate them in the Trial of the Three Wizards episode. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Also, kind of a little bit of Boglin about it as well. Mm. I want a Boglin again. Boglins are amazing. They were great. So then we cut to Darkstorm, who's waking up to have the best day. He's like he's like Scrooge at the end of uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christmas Tale. Like, the sun is you shining. What are you doing? My slaves oh, are busy. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what are you doing? I'm counting gold for you. <laughs> he, opens, he opens the door. He's like, "Oh, it's a great day. My slaves are hard at work. My gold is being counted." And then the hairy appears behind him, and he's like, "Oh, you you've got a great life." And Darkson's like, "How? Who talks to me like this?" And he's like, "How did you get here? Oh, I'm gonna hit you." I don't think he says that, but <laughs> it's like, sentiment. Yeah, and then the the imp makes his mustache grow really bad, and he chases uh, Darkstorm chases the imp and trips over his own mustache. Then the imp makes his hair grow from his hands. He's just like hand hair, foot hair, knee hair, and then he basically strings up Darkstorm like a marionette by the <laughs> it's hair. Like all the common hair sources. It's brilliant. <laughs> it made me <laughs> laugh. Like hands. yeah, it definitely <laughs> was brilliant. It's like the animation on this was very like on more on Darkstorm specifically. Really reminded me of Disney Sword in the Stone. Hmm. Yeah. It yeah. was just very much of that. that fashion. It especially the bit where he's chasing him, like the animation style just seemed to change for that one scene. It was very much more like cartoony, if you know it's what I mean. It's a lot of effort. 
Mm-hmm. Like, cause they're not using like the stock models of them. His hair oh. is long and he's like strung up like Christ like in a way, but marionette ish, I guess. It's so good. I love, I love this bit. Yeah. Cause it's not over, is it? They, they cut to Mordred counting gold. Yeah. Mordred's sleep. Count- yeah. He's counting Darkstone's gold and the sleep him just kind of comes in and starts bopping. He's got like a, a regiment of guards in front of him while he's doing this. And the sleep him's just jumping from guard to guard to guard, bopping them on the head, knocking them out. And then, like more just like, can you be quiet? And the the, the thing hypnotizes him and convinces them him that he's Darkstorm and that he's got an instruction for him. And it turns out the instruction is to go and give away Darkstorm's gold to the slaves. <laughs> and to it, the uh, the hairy one makes Darkstorm watch, and he's less than pleased. <laughs> <laughs> he's less than pleased, but the hairy makes him do the can can at his window <laughs> while watching his gold. <laughs> Back in Nuvalaric. The piggy imp causes a pig stampede because there's a pen just labelled pigs. Yeah, that's where you keep the treadmill pigs. <laughs> yes, it probably is. <laughs> cool back. <laughs> Does that make for better pork or worse? Like, do you want lean pork or fatty pork? Fatty pork. Yeah. Surely? Yeah, so yeah the, definitely. So the pigs used on treadmills are probably saved from the slaughterhouse because the, the pork yeah, is too tough. Works to death on the treadmills. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, then maybe, you know, their retirement is, you know, the they, they don't have they don't have sex dolls anymore, so pigs. No, what? Why do they need sex dolls? Why? Why? Why didn't they have sex dolls? Because <laughs> the no, they magic. can't make they can't make latex anymore. <laughs> but they they probably got substitutes. <laughs> yeah, pigs. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, David Cameron, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> well, I mean, they are very Tory, right? Like the spectrum lights are very fucking Tory. <laughs> yeah, so much, true. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you can tell Leoric went to the the Prismos equivalent of, of like Eaton, uh, Eaton yeah. We get the pig stampede, and then the the screamy one is shattering the windows of uh, Leoric's castle. Leoric then goes to take out this screamy one, who apparently also has control of cats. Because he's, he's high pitch noises, he's immediately taken down by three cats. <laughs> Great. Like three cats just jump on him and knock him to the ground. Which yeah. I mean, actually, in realistic terms, if you had three cats jump at you, three cause... cats like hurled themselves at you because, like, if you yeah. like, cats are just little balls of hell when they're fighting. You know, mm-hmm. like if three angry cats got thrown at you, the best thing to do is probably just to drop and play dead. So he yeah. is wearing metal armor, though. I would yeah, like. but three but he, cats he grossly <laughs> over over <laughs> overreacts and lions out at them. Yeah, but this is to his own chagrin because chagrin. Yeah. 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 Because he's now a cat and is therefore controlled by this imp, uh, who decides to ride around on the Oryx's back. <laughs> and he's like, "Look at my, look at my ride. He's a little bit unruly, but he'll do nonetheless." <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a fly whip, basically. Yeah. <laughs> just as, uh, as uh, uh, like we're leaving New Valoric, the last scene is Ektar just getting an octopus thrown in his face. <laughs> This is amazing. <laughs> We're then back with Merklin, who and the imp has basically just been torturing him in this cell, and he casts a spell that makes Merklin spin on his nose, and then he's like, oh, it's so good. oh my it nose. It's quite good to see Merklin kind of getting what he deserves. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But then back in New Valaric, <clears throat> we see the sun is going down, and the imp's retreat. Uh, so we, we find we, it's confirmed now. The imps can only use their power under the sun. The Spectral Knights and Darkling Lords all head back to Merklin, who tells them that they need to catch the Sun Imps and they need to trap them in dark boxes with no sunlight and return them to the tomb to be buried. And Sindar's like, ah, oh, yes, Sun Imps need sun to use magic. Hmm, smart Sindar. I'm like, what year did uh, Gremlins come out? 
Uh, Earlier than this, I think. We should know. We did a fucking episode on it. You know, I don't remember anything. Keep them in at night. What year did this come out? Well, I would like to know. 1987. Yeah, so it's aliens. I would like to know is what the effect of three suns has on the day-night cycle of a planet. Oh, they always seem to be together, don't they? Mm. Yeah, and they're three three different colours. So does that mean they're three different strengths? Because not one of them is yellow. You've got white, green, and blue. Mm. Yeah. So does that mean that... Which together that might make yellow. Well, green and blue does make yellow. So the white just makes it And the white doesn't add anything, so it makes it pale. So maybe all three suns, they're probably different distances. So combined, they give the right... A trinary system. Mm. I wonder if they're... Like, the tidal thing must be fucked, though. Maybe that's why they don't have a sea. Only one moon. And they don't have sea. We don't know how many moons there are, actually. And they don't... don't see a moon. No. Well, we don't ever see uh, Prismos from space. Mm. We don't ever see oceans, to be fair, which is why yeah, the dolphin and shark like, yeah. are so useless. There's, no, should, there's uh, no tides. Oh, no, we do see an ocean at the end of this. When they, oh, when, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should contact Neil deGrasse Tyson and ask him to debunk the science of visionaries. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd do it in a day. <laughs> I don't think it would take him that long. Anyway, so what happens now is everyone buddies up, like the Spectrum Knights and Dark Lords, and everyone is working together now to catch Romance. these. It's Romance amazing. Happens. Yes, Recon and Exar are like, well, what we're going to have to do is lure them into a false sense of security and pick them off one by one. And they're like, look at each other like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> this is why we're pros. So we then cut to Leoric running away from the, the cat imp. And he's like, oh no, it's such and such. And uh, he runs up to Sindar, and Sindar uses his power staff to chase down the imp and catch him. And the, the imp's freaking out. It's like, I hate dogs, especially when they're that big. So Sindar's imp is part dog. Or Sindar's staff monster is... Yeah, it's sort of like a big doggy mm. werewolf monster, I guess. Well, as it captures... So it, it brings the imp back to them, and they, they put it in, uh, uh, in a box. And as Sindar's staff disappears... It licks Sindar to be like, because he says, good boy, and it licks him, and he's like, I've been teaching him new tricks. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really, I just found that really cute. Yeah, it's just so adorable. I can imagine him doing it every day, just whipping him out to teach him something, and then having to go back to recharging (laughs) stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Then Nightmare, uh, one of the imps called Nightmare, is taking on Ektar. He's like, I challenge you to a duel. And Ektar's like, yep, fine. Just turns into a fox and runs around him until he becomes dizzy and falls over, passes out. Like, right, fine. He Easy. actually bonks himself on the head. The head with his... so dizzy, yeah. Yeah. Then we cut to Galadria and Verolina working together to capture... Underwater! An... Not in Not fucking, using their totem. Not in totem. So they, they use their totem to go down. And then turn back to human. It's so... Yeah. If I have one complaint, one serious complaint about this cartoon, it's the pure useless tokenism of the women and their powers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah well, for sure. You, one could assume that there, there may have been intention to do something more with them later. They no. only had... This is, this is a boys' cartoon for boys with boys' toys and stuff. Like, yeah. peak early 90s stuff, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, they they trap the underwater imp in like a a, a sunken chest and take that back to the surface. <laughs> the hairy one is cornered by Ektar, Recon, Lexor, and Mordred, <laughs> who have got a giant pair of scissors, a giant hair shaver, a giant shaving brush, and a giant razor blade. And he's like, "No, don't it's shave just a, me!" Don't. A hairdressing kit, yeah. isn't it? A huge hairdressing kit, <laughs> and you don't need it to be that big. He is tiny. Normal yeah, sized like implements would have worked way great. <laughs> so he's like, no, don't shave me, don't shave me. So they capture him by shaving him, or just, as we found out later, just the top of his head. He's given a monk. Then this is the best one. We see 
A birthday cake. Uh, no, no, no. We see a giant birthday a cake. A giant birthday cake. Yeah. Eight uh, foot tall, the, pig imps, the pig imps coming up to it. And then we see Cryotech, Galadria, Virulina, Arzon, Cinder, and Cravex coming out from behind this birthday part, birthday cake going, Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> and he's like, like it's amazing. Like, They've got like hats and streamers yeah. and everything. It's and the excellent. pig imp is just like, yes, it is my birthday. <laughs> no, he's like, this is great, but it isn't my birthday, but I'll eat the cake <laughs> yeah. anyway. And he eats this cake, all of this cake and becomes huge and fat and slow, so they're easily able to capture him and put him into a uh, trunk. All in all, these imps not giving them any real trouble Once whatsoever. Once they actually started... Trying? Actually trying to catch yeah. there's just no issues. Why they play the the everyone in the first mag, first age of magic, obvious morons. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, that was before civilization, the age of technology, which is like what pre, the Stone Age. Actual actual Middle Ages of this planet, right? As opposed no, to because then it would be in history. It has to be pre before recorded history. Otherwise we would know about them. Not pre- um, no, okay, so they wouldn't have to be, pre- yeah, be prehistoric. Literally, they'd hmm. have to have been around in the prehistoric well, When you see the flashback, it just looks like mid- Middle Ages. It does, yeah, that's true. Prehistory hmm. in Prismos is slightly different, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, we then finally cut back to Merklin with Abraxas. Oh, I did like this. Like Merklin basically casts a spell and he says, uh, this is a spell for the guilty elf. Throw it once and catch thyself. And the imp uses the same kind of counter spell as before. But it turns out that Merklin was actually casting something that would capture himself. Yeah. It was like, it's a catch thyself spell. So by reversing it, Abraxas has basically made him cast a spell on himself. And yeah. Ca- he catches himself in a giant sack. Yeah, I thought this was, I like this. It was, it was, yeah. it was cute and clever. I like that Merklin's nose is bandaged for the rest of this episode. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely. So the Darkling Lords, the Spectral Knights, and Merklin all meet up at the tomb. Sindar's like the last one to arrive, and he's bringing the box with the hairy one in it. You can hear Dark Storm going, Sindar, where are you? Hurry up. And the hairy one's inside going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And Sindar, being the idiot that he is, is like, really, you can't breathe? Okay. I let you out to have one breath. And he opens the trunk and immediately just bolts and legs it into this little crevice. Little crevice? crevice. Yes. Yes, yes we, you're getting your crevice, <laughs> crevice and crevasse yes. sorted. And uh, Sindar kind of sticks his head down. He's like, oh, they shaved you. Sad. And he, he makes him promise not to cause any chaos and he'll pretend that he's still in the trunk. And he's like, yes, I promise I won't do anything, but he's got his fingers crossed behind his back. So Sindar closes the trunk and just pretends that he's still in there, takes it to the tomb, puts it inside, and Merklin seals the tomb up behind them. And then Merklin offers both the Darkling Lords and the Spectral Knights magical items as a reward, but they're all like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) We (laughs) could do without magic for a while. No, thank you. (laughs) And uh, Merklin's like, I liked it better when the Darkling Lords and the Spectral Knights couldn't agree on anything, but at least we're rid of the Sun Imps. And then as he walks away, it cuts to the hairy one who's like looking to camera and going, hey, okay. And he climbs down and opens up the tomb and he goes inside to start releasing his friends. And Merklin's just there and shuts the door behind him, locks him up. And then the final shot is Merklin giving the okay hand symbol to the ca- the cartoon. Uh, the cartoon to the, to the camera. <laughs> to yeah. You know what yeah. they uh, they don't do is actually rebury the tomb. No. There's literally just no. a plank of wood holding it shut. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that, that's it. That's that's, that's visionary. Yeah. Finally, a decent moral message in the last one though like the enemy of my enemy is my friend yeah. and yeah. working together when we work together and... we can achieve anything yeah oh, fucking the end though Borgava set up mm. to be clearly like the next we yeah. were definitely the gonna get something with him season yeah, yeah stuff, definitely like... I like I could also see you know like you could have done a really interesting arc where Borgava overthrows Merklin and yeah. Merk like you know Merklin's maybe working with the Spectral Knights and Darkling Lords and they're all teaming up to overthrow Borgavas and get back. Yeah, that that could have been a really cool thing because you could have had I would this whole thing where this. where the this all the power staffs have been used up, so they're having to kind of fend without that because they can't get there to recharge yeah. them. And I think you would also have some... seen more character study episodes because we got a couple with like with Crytek and Ektar. Yeah, I think you would have seen more of those for different nights. I think yeah. that would yeah. be cool. Yeah, for sure. I would love to see it get like a not a reboot, but like the Shira treatment mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know what i mean modern writers and stuff like like I, Naomi was we saying, was, give give the women some more yeah. like agency <laughs> or, and presence in the in it we were we were saying this earlier as well but it would be severely hampered by the lack of chris latter <laughs> yeah <laughs> that voice <laughs> is so voice fucking actor. unique yeah. yeah like i don't like it's it's one of the the things that limits some of the reboots is like you know rebooting transformers doesn't it you notice the lack of star screen and like yeah you just know, gotta find least, a new least, icon right yeah there's new mm, icons at least peter colin is still going yeah. I, think, I can't remember frank welker's still around yeah i think so and you yeah. have to think as well with reboots like this you're not just aiming to kind of appeal to the nostalgia crowd you no, bring you're new trying to bring in. new so crowd. new people yeah have it would that definitely same be teen- it would be yeah. it would be uh, teenagers I, I, I think again, the, i think the concept and the concept there is strong enough to do something with modern yeah i think you know you could even do a live action thing of this as well which would work really well it's weird as well because I I even think like the toy line would work. I'm as surprised well, the toy line like, didn't sell the, better because holograms is like it's retro cool now. Mm, it's been yeah. so long that actually the 80s and 90s yeah. are getting big again that it coming around wouldn't be unexpected. Like yeah. Hasbro, if you're listening, like yeah, Hasbro, it. I will buy the toys. <laughs> yeah. I'm an adult. People with kids will make like people who are our age yeah. who watched this when we were kids have kids that age now mm. i wonder so, what the dvd sales were like no yeah. idea it, it I, seems to be one ha- of those properties that just hasbro need following? to get their own streaming service for all oh, their yeah, classic cartoons have one, actually. because yeah they, that'd be a really good source to who, who i don't know because yeah. that'd be a really good way to gauge what was prime for a reboot yeah that's very true it doesn't seem like they're syndicated anywhere as well. I don't know no. where you would watch some of these. Old no, I, I, I like D and D, Transformers, this, anything. Like, obviously, you can find a lot of it on YouTube, but mm. like, I, I on our page for this show, like where you can find all the episodes on our website for all the episodes. Who were you using? I was using Danny Court TV, yeah, which obviously, yeah, yeah, same. but I think that they might. The Visionaries episodes must have been taken down from a different channel in the past because those episodes were only uploaded in the last year. Yeah, yeah, like September. Yeah. yeah, I think this th- so September Hasbro, this year. I think. Hasbro is still like Hasbro are know, pretty shit hot on their copyright and, yeah. stuff, and and I do own a copy of it on DVD. I just mm. couldn't be asked Same. to to watch yeah. it on DVD. How do you play DVDs? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've got games consoles that I can do it on, yeah. but it's inconvenient. Mm. Yeah, but I definitely think that that's actually a really good good point. It's very hard to watch some classic cartoons. Yeah, like obviously, I obviously Disney Plus, Disney Plus is got all the Disney stuff on there. But yeah, when you come to the the Sunbow D, uh, DIC uh, Dick, yeah. uh, everything like that, you know, it's it unless you can find it on YouTube or download torrent it, you're 
your options yeah. limited. Like trying to find a DVD of Jace, trying to find a DVD of Ulysses. That shit's oh really God, hard. Yeah. Like Ulysses was out for a while in the UK on DVD, but now it's like fucking hundred bucks for a copy of it. Yeah, I wonder if like some streaming services they're just missing out. I don't get it. Mm. Like it is a missing section of the market that definitely. Yeah. I guess it's potential. all tied up in licensing agreements with toy manufacturers and the and yeah. has you would think and some probably of those Hasbro for a lot by now though, especially for properties like Visionaries, where there's obviously never been either a demand yeah, or a but desire to bring it back. You've got the, you've got the like back. comics Marvel did as well, which might still you know. Um, I don't know. Like it's, well, it's a had, weird one. There, there was some murmurs of like a Hasbro cinematic universe a few yeah. years back wasn't there and Visionaries was one of the properties that was kind of pitched into that like there was a limited edition Leoric yeah. toy released at some point mm -hmm. with, a, uh, with a bunch of other Hasbro figures as like yeah. a multi-pack thing uh, on, our, on our website I've, there's a link to the Toy Galaxy uh, video on YouTube about Visionaries uh, really worth a watch it good yeah yeah uh, watch that for real. I would and like watch the series. Yeah, every yeah, episode, definitely watch like, it in order. Mm -hmm. They're fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's thirteen yeah. episodes. It takes no time to watch whatsoever. And, and it is so unlike much fun. unlike with Jace, I can highly yeah, recommend yeah. this. I yeah. like. I enjoyed every single episode. I would happily sit down and watch it all again yeah, in a few amazing. months' time. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a strong, st way stronger than average for the era cartoon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really cool concepts. But yeah, yeah. Just watch Visionaries. Definitely. Like, let's let's start a movement. So bring it back. We will May the light shine, shine forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> but before we depart, <laughs> the next the next thing on the docket for cartoon reviews will be Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, oh, so good. Yes. Uh, this is another one like Visionaries. I loved as a kid. Yep. I've seen it in my teenage years at some point mm. to rewatch yep. it, and like, I don't know if it's going to be as good as this though. I'm no, I don't. Worried. No, I don't think it will be. But I think it's Venger, a bit of a, a cock tease, isn't it? Yeah, like, Venger is yeah. still one of the great cartoon villains. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think it's it's going to hinge on how we feel about the heroes because I think like the Spectral Knights are not necessarily. I remember the having most... I remember having the hots for the thief. <laughs> the Spectral Knights are, are not necessarily the most interesting characters in the Visionaries. You know, it's kind of carried by the Darkling Lords yeah. by the bad guys. And mm. from what I remember of Dungeons and Dragons, it's there are far fewer beasties. developed villains. Yeah, yeah, it's just beasties and so if you Avenger don't like is the only the developed villain of real yeah. note. And yeah. the dragon. Yeah, so if you don't like the kids, if you don't have the hops for the thief, then maybe yeah. it's the not gonna be. The only story arc much. I really remember is um, Bobby and Uni. Mm. Yeah. Uni grows and develops some powers yeah. throughout the series and Bobby their attachment and stuff, but and Eric, maybe not Eric. Mm -hmm. Is it Eric this yeah, year? Yeah, Eric the knight. Yeah, he yeah, develops yeah. a bit. Yeah, because he's but, a bit yeah. of a, a, a tosser at first. Well, he's, he's like the coward, yeah. isn't he? That's yeah. the whole. And I, I seem to remember the archer, the main guy, the archer being a bit of a prick. Hank. Hank. Yeah, he's just he's just is generic he? prick. He's, he's a vanilla, he's Scott vanilla American guy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that's the next up on the docket, and the next episode's going to be our fortieth fucking episode of Protein Ramblings. Nice, yeah, Jesus, yeah, churning through it. <laughs> Life begins. <laughs> so until we are back, may the light shine forever. May the light shine forever. May the light shine forever. Do turn it off if you're not using it, because you know green energy and all that. All right, thanks, Dad. <laughs> 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 we'll catch you next week, folks. Bye.